Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Cast, the number one old-school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Galenor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Save Cast number 119 with Nine Rain. Nine Rain, how hey, are we doing? Hey, what's up, everybody? Dude, I'm doing well. I uh, spent all day watching my nephew. We hung out and it was a good time. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm ready to sit down and talk about... I don't know what we're going to talk about, but <laughs> I think I'm game. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to talk. Um, for, okay, so I got to say something. Yep. You were the first real-life content creator I ever saw. Did you know that? What? Well, first, like, IRL, like, OSR. It's like, yeah, when I saw you at the airport, you were the first at the person. Airport. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, besides my friend Ryan, I got to give him a shout-out. He was he was living in Alabama, and he invited me out. But, I, you know, he's like a kind of like a part-time, just stream whenever kind of guy. But, um, yeah. yeah, you were the first, like, real creator that i saw in real life so that was oh, sick really cool experience heck yeah man yeah I, I i wasn't aware you'd never been to like a rune fest or a twitchcon mm-hmm. or anything like that never had so yeah seeing you at the airport and i thought i thought you were like six foot five i'll be honest like i just i just thought you were I, like i get that a lot <laughs> well you know what's weird? you know people tell me this maybe more often than i would like but i don't really know what to take okay i'm five ten what and the amount of times that I meet someone and they go, huh, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> I'm like, what is, I, I think it's because, I think it's just a being on camera thing. It has to be that. I think it's the energy that people produce. I think you, you put off tall guy energy and I'm going to just bring in exa- like a counter example. And this okay. is, it's not, tr- this is not trying to be offensive at all. It's literally <laughs> when I saw Puggin streaming i thought he was like five foot seven when i saw coxie i thought he was like five foot eight when P- i Puggin saw is very tall right yeah, they're both like six foot four huh. they're literally like I, I think coxie's like six two or six three but i puggins like six four literally 
Hmm. And I don't know what it is, but I just cannot tell. I'm the worst at guessing people's height. I literally am when it's just like a, a frontal view of them on camera. I can't ever guess it right. So. Yeah. I yeah, also thought well, Tasty would be taller than he is. Tasty, I swear to God, okay. Tasty, he's Tasty is taller than he looks in no, person. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Well, I think because Tasty's like six two, right? Okay, literally, he says he's like six two and three quarters. Bullshit. I'm literally calling bullshit on that. I think he's literally okay. six foot one. I think he's okay. actually six foot one. But but he's like thirty. He's like thirty or forty percent neck and head. <laughs> That brother's short, like, if you made a bust of Tasty, he has the bust of a 7-1 guy. He is all bust. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, that brother's he, neck, shoulders, traps, and head are substantial, bro. Yeah. Uh, what, what? Who was calling? He woke up, like, the second morning when we were at the house, and somebody was like, I think it was Tasty that somebody was calling him a neck reel because his legs were just like... <laughs> The, the neck real so legs, good, bro. Yeah. No way. And well, he doesn't have small legs either. The dude can lift. <laughs> he doesn't skip leg day. He's just got such enormous trap shoulders and head and neck. That yeah. And and it's it's skeletal. It's his, it's not that he's like skimping on half the workouts. It's just his build. Yeah. No. He if he because, eats if he eats he's getting big. Like he's getting like. Just like he's a weight. decent slayer task. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah mid-level, mid-high level, yeah. Yeah, task. he drops a lot of herbs. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> What would he drop as an NPC if you just killed a bunch of tasties? I think I think he would... <laughs> he'd drop meat have... pizzas. He'd, be a, he'd have the blood film <laughs> drop people. The, meat, the blood film, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're definitely grinding him for herbs and seeds on an Iron Man. And and you're probably skipping that task on a main account. <laughs> you just set up your cannon. He is yeah. he is not good XP. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I I will say you know this is gonna you know I'm, I'm gonna prop you up a little bit. You are jacked, my friend. Thanks, for those bro. that for those that have not seen Nine Rain in person, this man is jacked, and he he takes care of himself. I was impressed. Um, it's been a big part of my life. Well forever i've always been athletic i've really enjoyed uh physical activities and sports and all of those things and i started working out when i was i think 13 not heavily like i wasn't doing barbell workouts at the age of 13 um but i started when i was 13 um and especially the past you know i was in really good shape in college uh after college i kind of kept up with it and then I injured myself, had a, well, had a string of injuries that basically put me into, I was doing physical therapy. I had torn a rotator cuff. I had separated my shoulder and I, and I had, these are separate injuries. And I had, uh, dislocated a couple of my ribs along the sternum. And so kind of like tore some of those ligaments and tendons. Like it, it was a pretty bad, uh, injury. Uh, and so I couldn't do I couldn't even do a push-up for about six months. Oh, um, God. I, I couldn't hold my baby, I'm like one-year-old baby nephew with my with my right hand specifically. I, like, I, I don't know what I did fully to injure myself, That, but um, 
anyways, so I did, I was doing a lot of physical therapy, really like tedious, not very rewarding feeling workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the base that that gave me to come back into getting back into shape and doing more heavyweight barbell stuff, some calisthenics and all, was, uh, I mean, it, I, you could not put a price on it. I would do, I would recommend that to anybody. So I, I've been having a ton of fun the past year, uh, getting into really good shape. Um, so I appreciate the comment. It was a lot of hard work Yeah, and, and, yeah. and it's very fun for me. So That's I good. can't complain either. That's good. Um, yeah, what about like, because there's one thing to say about enjoying working out and enjoying exercise and enjoying just being active. Uh, but then there's one thing with like just the strict diet. It's obviously if you're really active, you don't have to be extremely strict, but you still have to be consistent with just not indulging as much as you, yeah. as most people would like. So how is that for you? So I've always had some, I've done a lot of very extreme diets in my life. Um, And not like fad diets, but trying to find uh, a lifestyle that really worked for me and something that I wanted to continue doing. Um, I studied nutrition ravenously after college. Um, And I I mean, even for an entire year, I ate probably 80% raw vegan, so raw fruits and vegetables. Um, and then the other 20% was, was cooked fruits and vegetables. And that was mostly because I, I would make some exceptions for social activities or a holiday or whatever, just because it was so much work. And I hated to be that guy at every event. I was like, nope, I'm not going to eat anything. Um, that was by far the most extreme diet I've done. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I got really disciplined with it and pretty good at, uh, you know, dieting and being, uh, you know, disciplined in that regard. And I, I, let me tell you, brother, like the, if you're trying to get into shape, like 70% of it's going to be your diet. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to look good, it's insane how quickly you can see results with a very restrictive diet. Um, I don't restrict calories. That's another thing that I'll say. I I restrict the types of food that I'm putting in my body um, and when I'm doing it. I, I've been a huge fan of intermittent fasting and fasting in general for five years now. Um, that, and restrict restricting those things when I eat and the kinds of foods that I eat as opposed to just counting calories super uh, has been i've seen really good results for myself so yeah and it it shows um so intermittent fasting do you, and then you said fasting as well like do you do mm-hmm. other types of fasts alongside your yeah, intermittent fasting I've, I've done uh 24 hour or 48 hour or 72 hour fasts i've done water fasts i've done juice fasts i've done mm, extended intermittent fasting periods where i'm going like uh, eating for four hours on and then 20 off for a couple days in a row before loosening it up again. Um, yeah, I've done all kinds of stuff like that. I love fasting. It's difficult. Yeah, it is. But you do, <laughs> get, at it. you do get better at it and your body gets used to it. And uh, I also really enjoy the, um, not just the physical, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of fasting um, that again, like it's challenging 
but come on, we do so many challenging things in life. I, I feel like that was an arena that I found to be extremely resourceful and really within your control. Because there's a lot of stuff in your life that is out of your control. But the foods that you put in your body, you can really take control of that. And so I think that was another thing that, you know, really appealed to me. That's awesome. Yeah, you've had a lot of, uh, I guess, exp- I mean, you are older. You're 31. Yep, yeah, I'll 31. be 32 at the end of the year. Yeah. So you definitely have that like extra wisdom that, uh, you know, over just people I talk to associate with, you do seem to just have that more mature vibe. And if you've gone through all your twenties now, so you're, you know, entering your thirties and just, yeah, well, and my twenties were rough and I learned a lot. So (laughs) like, especially my early twenties, man, I, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I often feel extremely grateful that I really screwed up a lot early on in my 20s, um, I, rather than doing that later in life. I kind of front-loaded a lot of my problems and problem-solving. Um, when no I, single dude, living alone, like no one was depending on me, so I, my mistakes weren't as costly for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I'm very fortunate in that, in that regard. Yeah, that's, that is nice when nobody else is affected, really. It's just literally just you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how have your thirties been? Like, do you, do you, I guess I'm, this is going to be a little bit of projection as well, yep. but I, I'm yep, kind of yep. looking forward to my thirties because it's just a fresh decade where I'm like, okay, I can just put everything behind me. In fact, tomorrow's my birthday and it already feels like 28. Oh, it's no like, way, dude. It, it almost feels like tomorrow is going to be like a refresh of like 27 and younger, you know, and now I'm entering 28, but thirties really yeah, going to be dude. That, that like, you know, I'm hoping, you know, I've day. heard for a lot for i don't know who told me this take this for what you will but i was told by uh, a man that i respect a lot um that a lot of uh life for young men really comes in like four year cycles these chunks of of different seasons in life and i you know i think you can you can view most seasons m- most parts of your life whether you chop it up into a day a week, a year, or groups of years in seasons. And I really like mm, the kind of wisdom that offers uh, because it allows you to take life as it is. And so sometimes life's going really well, sometimes it's not. But in multiple different arenas in your life, things could be going good and bad at the same time. And so there's always this like push and pull of these different, you know, cycles in your life. Um, but this this uh, man, his name was Elliot Hulse. He used to have a a workout and like strength training channel, uh, and then it turned into kind of life coaching. Um, and uh, anyways, I I did a couple of camps with him and a bunch of other men. This was in my twenties. And uh, anyways, he told me life comes in for for young men comes in cycles of four years. And so hey man, maybe twenty eight's like a new cycle for you. That's true, actually. That it, in fact, and if I had. To- if I had to ask you to sum up your last four years and then and what you think and what you're kind of intuiting for the next four years, if you had to kind of understand them for yourself. Ooh, I like this. Um, okay, so literally four years ago, four years and like, I guess four years and five months ago, I started streaming. That's when like, it really okay. does feel like four years ago really was like this another 
portion of my life, which is really ironic that you're saying like the whole four year thing, because it really does feel like that way already. Uh, but yeah, that's when I started streaming. I, I finally, like I dropped out of school. Um, mm-hmm. not, that's not the finally dropped out of school. It's not like I was preparing for that, but I did drop out of school and I just started streaming and that felt honestly, I don't know if I've talked about this on the, on the cast, but it felt like I hit rock bottom in like, you know, I don't, it not, not to be like, it, it wasn't necessarily a negative thing. It was just, I don't have anything going for me at this point. It right, felt like I right. had nothing going for me. And I also just kind of distanced myself from a lot of my friends and a lot of the reason was because like you know you drop out of school like what what are you supposed to say like okay i'm playing runescape to three people online you know yeah so that distancing kind of happened um and it helped me to just really think of like what i wanted in life and like what i valued and what i wanted from my life and then i just make it made a bunch of mistakes and uh, of course there was like a lot of (laughs) happiness as well but just I could just make mistakes, like you were saying, completely freely without affecting anybody else and really learning for myself what was going to make me happy and what was going to be like fulfilling in my life. So, yeah. And you said that yeah. when that period where you thought you hit rock bottom, did that happen before streaming or was that kind of like while you're streaming and like for a couple of months you oh, felt yeah. like that, very that, lost? Or? That was the first few months of streaming. Okay. Yeah, because I really wanted to put all my eggs into one basket and just start streaming. And I swear, it was like three good months, three solid months of me streaming eight hours a day, five days a week. And wow. I was still pulling three to four viewers. Yeah. And well, I was like, yeah. okay, well, this isn't happening. <laughs> you know, like this, I'm clearly not cut out for this. Um, did you did yeah. you strategy change after that? Or, or what happened? Honestly, okay, so it was... I think part of it, something that helped was changing my schedule because initially I was streaming like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or like to 4 p.m. basically. It was literally like a day job. I treated it as a day job and it it was just so much harder to grow. And so I realized like, okay, if I change out my schedule a little bit, like what if I stream at night, you know, and just stream for like Mm -hmm. the DGens, like how would that work? And it immediately just helped. Like immediately right. doubled my viewers just because. Wow, because people are just home and able to watch. Exactly. Okay. So that helped. And then also just, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like I had any, I, I started thinking this can only go up. You know, this, it, I literally can't like go down because I'm at like the lowest point basically. So this can yeah, only go yeah. up. And I started like just being more optimistic about it. I'm like, you know what? Let me just try to have fun. Let me just try to i don't know what it was it's really hard to like explain these things into words but i just i I think i just had like a just a period in my life where i was like i'm just gonna treat this as fun because i really am having fun i was enjoying runescape and even though the viewers weren't coming that i wanted i was just like i'm just gonna have a bunch of fun and then that's when i started seeing more people like raiding me and yeah then it all started just kind of snowballing and of course it was ups and downs streaming is never just like a forward trend so yeah. yeah i think it was just trying to enjoy it more rather than yeah, treating and, it as a job and so to bring it back to the question what what was that four years like for you like if you had to give it an archetype or a Ooh. title like if it or or the name of the movie or something i would say um hmm, i would probably say like exp- 
experiencing life for myself rather than and i know that's not like super eloquent eloquent but um like i needed to experience it myself and not take people's word for things like oh don't do this okay. don't do this i'm like okay. i need yeah, to I literally that. just do it myself to know yeah i get that yeah so cool what so you feel that that chapter is closing mm-hmm. what's the next one i think the next one is really like finding myself and getting into these routines and stuff because i've i've discovered what isn't working and what does work and now it's like putting it really into practice and like actually doing it rather than just thinking like oh i'm gonna do this one day it's like okay let me just actually start putting these things into practice and i've slowly started doing that it's it's never just like instantaneous but i think that is going to be like these next four years is like really starting to drill in like healthy habits and just cool yeah so cool implementation i'll say hey man well happy early birthday what where are you in 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 the world what time zone i'm so i'm in oregon eugene oregon okay so it's a little earlier there than Mm -hmm. it is here so it's what is it 6 30 yep okay okay yeah i was wondering if we were gonna go up until your birthday but we're not hey maybe maybe if we go for the next three and a half or six we need to go for six yeah we need to go for five and a half hours more right now all right so maybe let's not make this a birthday cast but if if we make it there i'll tell you happy birthday and then i'll leave immediately i appreciate it um yeah but i'm excited and it's it's crazy because it feels like my 27th birthday was yesterday it's actually such a scary thought just scary uh, in not like not like a bad way but just like time literally can just fly by if you're i don't know it just it just does fly by yeah dude i've been uh i'm at the age where like i think it's part of it is i and i'm always anticipating the next year and and thinking ahead when people ask me how old i am i have to think about it mm-hmm. i'm like dude did i turn 31 yet am, am i 32 already like i don't Sometimes I seriously have to sit there and go, oh, God, uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I don't know. What that's, maybe that's just a me thing. No, no, that happens. 31 it, year olds. But it, it, I, it feels like like six months after you just turned a different age. It's like that's like the adjustment period of like, oh, wait, I'm this I'm this old now. I'm this old. Yeah, and then yeah. And then you finally get used to it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's your next birthday. Yeah, but by six months in, I'm already looking forward to the future and being like, hey, I'm going to be 32 this year because that's what it is for me. Mm -hmm. Since it's a December birthday, I I both think I am 31 and I'm going to be 32 this year. So I don't know. I don't know. That, yeah, that actually makes sense because I always think it in six month intervals because my birthday's in June. So it's Mm. like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I got to say uh, as well, it was just a blast being in like a, a space where I was just with a bunch of content creators, like just being in yeah. Tennessee, being in that cabin was just amazing. And Tennessee um, was very fun. It was. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad we got uh, that four, how long hour drive up? It was about four hours. Yeah. That was fun. That um, was nice. Yeah. You taught me a lot too. Um, we were going into like the personality tests and stuff. Yeah, and just... I'm kind of yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's been one of my favorite things. I've you know I'm I think I'm I'm always kind of learning something. I've always got some field, whether it's nutrition or psychology or philosophy or something that I'm you know really trying to learn a lot in. Mm-hmm. Um, the personality types and. Um, the not only the psychology of it but the sociology um 
I really enjoy. It's that was something in psychology that's always been really fun for me. So, yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of just ramble on on those subjects. So that was not hard for me to fill however many hours in a car talking about yeah, the that, big five personality traits, that kind of thing. That car drive flew by, and uh, that was also my first time going to Bucky's. That was cool. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. See, I'm not one. Of, I'm not a fanatic because it's a gas station. So, like, what am I gonna say? <laughs> It is the best gas station. Oh, yeah. It was By dope. far. Dude, I literally would see... So I lived in Texas for a little bit, and I ne- I would see Bucky's. I just never went there because I was like, oh, yeah. that place is going to suck. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that place is amazing. It was yeah, so clean, too. It's very clean, and it's got a lot of shit. Yeah. Was, so I'll say it again. Big fan of Bucky's? No. I like Bucky's. Not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird if you're a fan of a gas station. <laughs> if you have a Bucky shirt... You should probably think about it for a little while. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. I think uh, I think it was Tim Dillon on a, a pod. I think it was on Lex Friedman's podcast, and you're just talking about Bucky's, and they're talking about like they're talking about like smart people or something like that. He's just like, have you ever just seen a person eating their Bucky's nuggets? <laughs> that person doesn't give a fuck about like anything that's going on they just want their bucky's nuggets something about bucky just reminds me of just the simple life it's like dude you're just having a good time you just go to your bucky's get your bucky's nuggets whatever the hell those even are and i don't even know what a bucky's yeah, nugget I mean, is <laughs> i don't either he said it though so i'm like okay but yeah when i think of bucky's i think of like living the good simple life where you just mm. you're carefree that like that, that yeah. like that song by zach brown band toes where he's just hanging out <laughs> <laughs> on the beach with his toes in the water yeah, it would be that's, exactly like that yeah that's a good song yeah <laughs> yeah something 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 about the carefree life just enjoying your life being a good person and just not making a big deal i overthink shit a lot and it's like mm. dude i wish i could just have that <sighs> just yeah wake up and enjoy the day you know just you know i i've when I was mm, early 20s, maybe like, tw- like I'm talking like 20, mm-hmm. 1920, I like, there was a period in time where I was trying to figure out how to be happy. And I tried to do the whole, like, live on a beach, no worries, like, <laughs> no goals, just getting by, r- really living in the moment mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you know, you treat the people around you with respect and care, you know, engage with your immediate surroundings don't worry about the future uh forgive and forget the past kind of mentality Mm -hmm. it did not work for me dude i got so anxious (laughs) and and bothered and i hated it it was i was so unhappy bro i i don't no, I, I don't. It was just. I was so unhappy. I'll just leave it at that. No, I, I, I don't think do every, that. I hated it. I don't think everybody can even do that. Like, I don't think I could do it. I'm envious of the people that can do it and make it work because it's just them. Like, it's just who they are. Everyone's yeah. so different, and I, I think, I think there is a way for like every personality type and like everybody's you know brain chemistry or whatever to. The, everybody could have that good life, but it's all—it's just so different among people. Yeah, there's. I mean, I won't. I I won't go on too big of a tangent here. But go for it, even if it is actually. There's actually. I don't know if you remember talk, me talking about this. There's actually one of the big five personality traits. Uh, conscientiousness can be um, subdivided into two others. 
um, orderliness and uh, industriousness. Industriousness, and this is part of your personality. You're born with it. It's pretty stable across time. And by pretty, I mean very stable across time. Uh, industriousness is a negative dimension of personality where basically it's a measure of, it's a negative emotion uh, response to not doing anything. So people who are really in high, high in industriousness feel a lot of negative emotion when they're not doing something. And so it's, it's not even that they're positively motivated to do these things. They just feel like a shitty person uh, if they're not busy. And I, I guess all the people chilling on the beach enjoying life are really low in industriousness. And so they just don't feel the negative emotion that I feel and that yeah. most people feel when you're not constantly attending to things. See, I fucking love that. Like, I love that there's an actual, like, measurement for this kind of uh -huh. stuff because I probably am way down on the scale, but I still have a little bit of industriousness because I if, – if, if I were to even just do – if my whole day is record a save cast, which today is, I, I don't have yep. anything else going on today. <laughs> if yeah, I do dude. it, though, I feel fulfilled. I feel like I did the thing I need to do, and I'm not right. – like, I, I'm actually very grateful I'm not super high in industriousness because I actually did take the test. I don't remember what I scored, but it was definitely below 50% and – or whatever. Like, I think it was – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it puts you into percentile, so yes, it would yeah, be yeah. yeah. So it was below that, and I'm just grateful I'm not like 90%. Where you have to just be on the ball, dude. Although it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal because I would just be that person, right? But I will say I'm just happy I don't have that like workaholic vibe. Right, <laughs> I'd be exhausted. Right. Yeah, yeah uh, and well, and one thing that's really cool about one thing I've really enjoyed studying personality, it's specifically the Big Five, is you. It teaches you to accept because the data is pretty clear on how stable these characteristics are. So it really does mean that certain people are largely born a certain way. And you, there is like, as you grow older and mature, part of what maturing is, is expanding the range within each of the big five personality traits in which you can operate effectively. Um, so Part of becoming a mature adult is uh, extroverts learning to uh, be introverted and be by themselves. And part of becoming an adult is people who are low in orderliness learning how to be disciplined and orderly because that will serve them well in life. So, you know, these things you can practice and, and through self-discipline and you can, you know, push the lever, so to speak. But part of what has been so fun about learning this is learning that these are th like this is the way you are and it allows you to accept you know what your life what life looks like through your eyes and so like you said maybe you're really pretty low in industriousness so instead of beating yourself up about it and saying man i should be the kind of person that's working 12 hours a day and blah 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 you can accept that hey that's not me and that's not most people and try and find a lifestyle that works for you yeah, speak, speaking of lifestyles, I think there was actually a Twitter topic here. I'm going to actually find it. It was um, talking about being a content creator and – oh, let's see. I guess there's two things on it. Um, okay, here. Let's, uh, let's read this one. This is from Vipaza. He asks, 
What surprised you most about full-time question mark content creation compared to your life as a normal worker? Yeah. Uh, what surprised me most? And also, when did you start content creation? Just for people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll go ahead and give a little backstory and then dive into that Let's one. Let's get that. Yeah. For, uh, also, before I, I, I didn't read any of the Twitter questions. I saw that there Perfect. were many. I decided not to read them. I, I maybe should have asked you if you wanted me to or not. But no, this is off the cuff. That, that's what the guests cool. really want. They don't want some scripted bullshit. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I had a couple big boy jobs after college. Uh, two, in fact. Um, like careers um before doing content creation um i did i had a youtube channel in college um so 20 when would that have been 2012 to 2014 about and uh i that's kind of where i got my reps in i did all kinds of content a lot of it was like minecraft league of legends a whole bunch of variety um and that's kind of where i went and made all my mistakes and learned the trade um and kind of you know got like i said got my reps and i i probably put out i don't know 70 videos on this other youtube channel um and then fast forward i don't know like eight years or not maybe like five years i was working at uh, a company I was in a game development studio. I was working in the business end. I was about to quit that position. Um, and had started, like I got the itch again. I was like, I'm going to start making some YouTube videos just for me. Um, and so I did, I made like three or four, uh, of some other games. Like one was some, it was a, I made a rust video, like two more league of legends videos. Um, I don't think I've ever posted those anywhere. They're just on my computer and I had a great time making them, <laughs> sent them to a couple friends. Um, and then, and in fact, I actually made maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, made like three more League of Legends videos. I was just playing a, a couple games with my buddies uh, and just kind of got that itch again. And I was like, dude, I'll just make another League video. They're great. I make fantastic League videos. <laughs> um, but anyways, I... Uh, I had started doing it again while working. And then when I, I was still working when I made my first one kick Rick video that, and the decision to create the nine rain channel and start making RuneScape videos happened in about a day. I was literally just, I had started playing the game again, barely and was watching, I don't know what series and just thought, you know what? I could do this. This looks really fun. Um, and then turned on the recorder and just made one kick Rick. Uh, wow. It was, if I go back and watch it now, I'm like, damn, this is rough. Uh, but it had like strokes of genius in it. Like you could tell there was something there. There was some kind of magic happening. Um, but man, my, my editing style, my pacing, all of that has changed dramatically, but you know, that that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, uh, that was early 2019. Um, and then about mid-2019 is when I started doing YouTube full-time. Um, and I've been doing it full-time ever since. Uh, I do a lot of other stuff in my life that I really care about. Mm -hmm. um, and YouTube comes in phases for me, or I'll call them seasons, uh, yeah. where sometimes I'm working like 60, 70 hours a week. And then sometimes I'm working like 25, 30. 
Uh, and I don't know, it's been a, that's so helpful for me. Um, because I can really focus, you know, being able to control my own schedule. Mm -hmm. I can really focus on the stuff in life. Uh, if life throws something at you, I can like pivot and I can focus on that. Or if I make a big change, like I move or I start a couple big projects, either with my backyard or, or my personal life, I've had the flexibility to like really dive into those things. So, um, that's a bit how I got here to answer the question. The thing that surprised me most about full-time content creation. I don't, I don't know that I was really surprised by anything. I, so the, the surprise part, I, I'm not sure that anything surprised. Actually, no, here's what surprised me. The surprising thing about it was that there was nothing surprising. <laughs> you can treat it like people make all kinds of, like, this is actually important. People make all kinds of exceptions for new industries or new technologies or new platforms. The same principles apply. Just like everything else you learn in life, like wisdom carries over. So a lot of people will talk about YouTube or the algorithm or all of these things that you're kind of um, the victim of when you're a content creator. That's every business you could ever be a part of. Um, if, you, if you build meaningful relationships in business, in YouTube content creation, if you uh, get up and you work hard, um, and then you check that work to see if it's actually working and producing the results you want. And then if it isn't, you change it and you try a new strategy. That works in YouTube, just like in business. If you, um, if you prioritize creativity in your marketing and if you prioritize really providing value to your audience, that works in YouTube, just like in everything else. So you can, that was, that's the part that people, I remember learning about YouTube and talking to other YouTubers and hearing about the platform and people would say things that I just remember thinking like, that's, that's so, mm, they would just try to make exceptions for the, for the platform or for YouTube content creation. And I would think to myself, that's not true at all. It's exactly like all the other areas in your life. Um, if you do the right things, it will pay off. And if you and if it's not paying off, it's time to change what you're doing. And so I guess that was surprising because I remember taking a, a step back at some point and just being like, damn, like I really am learning a lot about. I could I could look at the lessons I learned in my other jobs or in my other aspects of life and just apply it to YouTube. And it totally worked. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was that was pretty surprising to me. I like that you also said like building valuable relationships with other people like that never really it almost seems like you know youtube content creation is just like or just any sort of content creation twitch or anything mm -hmm. you know you can just do your own thing but it is so invaluable to just have friends that are in the same pursuit yeah i mean it's just completely invaluable i mean you just need it basically and um and yeah like you kind of see it with uh I don't know. Just it's just good being like having relationships with people like in your. It's like coworkers. I treat my Twitch, my fellow Twitch streamers as coworkers and stuff. That's actually kind of like the vocab that Fat Clouds gave me. He would he would call me his coworker, and I'm like, what <laughs> the funny. hell? But I'm like, yeah, technically we kind of are. Um, yeah, I just I'm gonna answer the question as well because I'm just I just want to share my thoughts. The thing yeah. that surprised me most, 
I'm I I'm totally gonna agree with you, Nine Rain. By the way, that it nothing was actually that surprising, but I think the if there was something to be surprising, I think it's just the I don't know. Like I think what surprised me is that you can just do it. Like you can just be a content creator. <laughs> I think that was like the most surprising thing because it just felt impossible before you do it. You know. It yeah. literally feels like, well, at least it did for me. It felt like yeah. this is something that other people are built for. Like the, this, this is not my realm at all. But right. nobody was, you know, necessarily born to be anything. I mean, you could just do something. And I think doing it and just going out on a limb and trying something new uh, really taught me. And it's also kind of given me a little bit of encouragement for my future. You know, if if things aren't working as much as I would like or or something like I can always just try something new like just try something new you know like what you live once like just go for it why not just try something new and uh yeah I think that was the surprising thing is that that me me wanting to be a content creator I became a content creator just by doing it I will I will also say another I just realized something that really surprised me um so this is kind of a like a kind of a turn um i there was a period uh i don't know about a year ago at this point where i started getting a lot of attention from girls that i do not know online <laughs> i don't know okay i'm curious Th- now what that one really <laughs> came out of nowhere and it went from zero to like 90 not 100 just 90 yeah dude we're talking miles an hour for all you um what metric users out there like which is matters. fast okay yeah 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 well 90 kilometers is you know that's not that fast but 90 miles an hour that's pretty damn fast yeah that's over the speed limit by the way and so that surprised me i don't know I don't know what changed or why, but all of a sudden, it was a lot of attention. That whether it was DMs or in Discord or Twitter or on my YouTube channel or wherever that there was like a platform. Uh, and I, I don't have too much more to say about it, other than it was actually really there, surprising. There was there's actually a question on this. Furrywall asks. How has it been going with telling e-girls no? <laughs> you said furry wall? Furry wall, yes. Like a fuzzy wall? I, yeah, yeah. Huh, Must okay. Um, well, my guy, uh, it's, hey, it's going great. To be honest, I, I, I will say, <laughs> um, and this is not personal to any of the uh, ladies who reached out to me. Because that, I think that was a phenomenon that kind of like, mm, we'll say it was archetypal in in the fact that it made dramatic sense in the story of my life. But I don't, so I I don't, I didn't take it too personally, um, either about myself or about the girls that were reaching out to me. It's kind of like you know, it could have been Tiger Woods that was a billionaire and the best golfer, or it could have been somebody else, and the same thing would have happened if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I, uh, um, I I just totally lost my train of thought. What were we talking about for Furry Wall? 
it was how how has it been how has it been going telling e-girls no? oh right telling them no um that actually went really well and i'll put it i'll put it this way i it it i i started to first of all i didn't know how to handle the attention uh why is that? that why why were you not able to cuz i actually didn't get I, i'd never gotten a ton of attention from girls before and it was nice in real so life just like, like 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 in real life well, and so yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when I was younger, I was a pretty goofy-looking kid. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I've always been overly confident, maybe obnoxiously so. Um, but it was really undeserved when I was younger, especially. So, uh, anyways, that was kind of like, but I just didn't really know what to do with it, other than be like, "Hey, thanks. Like, this is great." <laughs> um, and. Uh, Anyways, I, I ended up actually taking a big break uh, at the beginning of uh, the year from Twitter and social media in general because I found myself constantly, uh, like, if I felt negative in my life, if something just, if I was bored or I felt some kind of negative emotion, whether it was, hmm like confusion or a little bit of insecurity or something, I would just go to Twitter. I just open up my phone and start clicking apps. It, and it took me a long time to connect those two dots that that's actually what I was doing. It's like people who like binge eat or whatever. Mm -hmm. You just feel that like negative emotion and you immediately go and like cope. And it was weird because I never thought I would be that kind of person. I've always been very guarded with the way that I use technology. Um, because I like to feel like a real human being and like a happy little plant. And I love being outdoors and those kinds of things. So it, I just thought that that would have less of a grip on me. And and maybe it does because I know it really has a grip on a lot of people. But I uh, I started feeling that like tick. And I, and I connected the dots and I was like, dude, I don't like that this thing has this power over me. I don't like that I'm using it as like a coping mechanism. And I also realized that every time I would go to Twitter, I would feel more negative after i'm reading a whole bunch of opinions and thoughts most of which are negative and people are either complaining or commiserating um and i would leave the experience feeling even worse and and there and it was a whole bunch of people i don't know yeah and will never know so then i was like okay i this is not good for me so i actually totally quit twitter for uh about a month and a half, two months. Just um, not even logging in once to full even stop. Did not wow. even, nope. Didn't check notifications, didn't check messages, nothing. Uh, and I figured, you know what, fine. Like, it's, it's not going to be a loss. Like, how many really important business opportunities have I had through Twitter or something like that in the past year? Very few. So I was like, it's fine. Um, and it took about three days of me, like, I had to, I would get that itch. I would open up my phone and I would see the spot where the app was. And I, I, I'm like, what the hell is my body doing? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> it took oh, about three, it took about three days and then it just went away completely. Um, and it's never come back. I'm very rarely, uh, on the platform. I don't, and I made some rules when I came back to it. I never scroll or browse. I'm not there to do that. If I go to Twitter, I check my notifications see if there's anything mm, important or fun or business related. Uh, 
or if I have anything really valuable that I that I th that I think is valuable to say or offer, then I'll throw it up on the timeline. But other than that, like I just it has very dramatically improved the quality of my life. Uh, not only telling the e girls no, but the e boys too. Um, <laughs> I think that everybody should do that to some degree. I really do. I I remember you even sort of talking about this on the car ride up because I have been noticing just the fact that you said tick, like that whole tick thing. I have that as well. Like I literally can notice it. And I, I need to figure out the exact cause of it, but I think a little fast from Twitter would be really nice. Bro, I, I highly recommend it. Dude. Do you know what the thing that's the most toxic about Twitter? It's the fact that I can't even have it my way. Like I can't just <laughs> follow certain people that I actually want to follow. It's always going to send, hey, this person that you follow likes this account. Look at what they said. And it's like some fucked up shit that I didn't want to see. And I'm like, dude, and there's absolutely no way of getting rid of it. And then the ads that are just nonstop, just garbage that I'm being fed. Yeah. I'm like, dude, if there was a way to just clear all of that nonsense and just follow the accounts I actually follow and see what they say, this would be such a better experience. But I just don't get that. And so I think I'm going to have to sort of do what you do and literally just check notifications, go to certain accounts that I actually would find valuable in my, you know, quote unquote career, which is like the old school account because I like yeah. actually seeing what's going on there and being somewhat in the know of what's happening. That's another problem. It's like, I almost feel like I need Twitter because I need to be in the know of what's happening, but I, right, I really right. don't. I don't need to be that in the know. It's dude. I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't read an update on the old school get page in about a year. Mm. Uh, and before that, I hadn't been up to date on them for another year, dude. Uh, See, so that's, I'm, maybe I'm not, I'm not saying copy that, that. I'm not saying that's a good MO. I'm just saying, well, it doesn't, know, um, it doesn't affect you as much. Like for me, it's like, that's almost, you know, part of why people oh, watch sure. me. It's like, okay, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Sabe should be in the know. And when I'm not in the know, it's like, I feel bad. I'm like, oh fuck. Like I, I really have kind of yeah, built yeah, yeah. my channel around sort of being in the know and answering people's questions because people do come to me and like what are your thoughts on this and i'm like i should really know what's going on but yeah well and fair enough but uh my my advice would be with especially with twitter and things that are algorithm driven which basically means they're just um kind of force feeding content that is really digestible to you specifically yep just i would draw hard lines and and just stick it out for like two weeks it, it's been of so much value to me, dude. The headspace that I didn't know was being congested by social media. Uh, it, it's one of those things where like, dude, you, I really had no idea how much it was affecting me until I stopped. So let me ask you this. What did you do to replace that? Because I feel like with the tick that happens like that, it needs to be replaced by something or else you could just almost inevitably go back to it. Yeah, um... So I would do it in two different ways. One, uh, when I was at my computer working, I would just boom, check it, boom, check it. I just stopped that completely. I was like, that's just not helping me. It's certainly not helping my productivity. I, I didn't really need to replace it anything with anything because I could just not click away from... Uh, what you were currently doing. Yeah, like from Premiere or from the game or whatever. And I could just keep working. 
So I didn't really feel the need to replace it there. Um, and on my, whenever I would feel, I'm, I'm trying to think what I would do during the day. I mean, what I did whenever I would feel that urge is I would sit and I would think about it. And I would, th that, that moment turned into like a moment of introspection for me where I would go, okay, what just happened that I'm feeling negative that I need to check this thing? And I actually learned a lot about like the little, little negative pokes of emotion that I would get during the day. Um, and so I didn't really replace it with something mm, substantial, like some other habit so much as uh, it just became uh, for me like a cognitive exercise um, and a bit of like a little bit of navel gazing, so to speak. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's nice um, just to be like, actually, I don't know, it's like a meditative state. I've been trying to work on meditation. It's so difficult, though. Yeah, um, I'm not a good. Okay, so I've tried a lot, especially when I was mm, 24, 25, was not a happy person. And I remember really trying a lot of um, that was one of the paths that I went down to be like, oh, how, okay, how can I improve the quality of my life? Uh Meditation where you're sitting still and you're quiet and you're letting thoughts pass through the, um, I don't know, like theater of your mind and uh, as they drift over you like you're gazing up at the clouds or whatever kind of metaphoric language you want to use was never helpful for me. In fact, it almost always left me feeling emptier and more confused. Mm. I, it was actually a negative experience for me. You know what ended up working? What? I love doing, um, I, I guess I'd call it like physical meditative exercises. If I, had a, if I had to work through a cognitive or emotional problem, I would pair that with physical activity. Something rhythmic, whether it was breathing exercises where you're really engaged in the breathing or running or uh, working out. Um, those things became my way of processing emotions and thoughts. I would get, like, I would go on a run in the middle of like at midnight when it's 40 degrees outside and rainy. And I would just like go somewhere dark and difficult. And I would really process my thoughts and emotions that way. Uh, I, that no one told me to do that. That was kind of intuitive. I just started doing it. Um, but uh, meditation, as most people probably think of it, and I've tried, I probably tried a dozen apps where some guy's talking you through it or some girl's, you know, humming or there's some like, <laughs> yeah, these are like, I'm, like and, I'm, and I'm not knocking any of these methods for anybody. Like, please yeah. try them if you think that they'll help you. They did not help me. I felt worse after doing them. Physical exercise and uh, physically strenuous things. Uh, I really, like I felt like I could solve mm, mental problems or psychological problems with physical solutions. Just as I learned in my life that I could solve physical problems with psychological solutions. Yep. So it's like I couldn't, it's like when you're stuck in your head, it's hard to fight your mind with your mind. But I could fight my mind with my body. 
and vice versa. Yes. It was hard to fight my body with my body, but I could use my mind to overcome those physical limitations. So I felt like getting out of the system into the other system helped me a lot. That is that is profound. Honestly, like, you know, it, it seems simple, like simple words, but it's actually very profound. I remember when I first started content creation, like I was kind of trying to stay somewhat healthy and fit, but there was literally probably a two-year uh, section of my life where I barely moved. Like, I mean, I, it was like, yeah, maybe every two weeks I'd have like a two or three days where I would like kind of do some workouts because I was like, fuck, I feel like shit, you know? But yeah. it, it would immediately go back to the bad habits of just play RuneScape a bunch and then go to sleep and like chill on the couch or just never leave my apartment. Yeah. And oh my God, like I, I can't even imagine what, like that's so bad for you. <laughs> like that is, Dude, and that is and horrible too. You. I've certainly been there too. Like, re I mean, I was, there was a period like first, was it during COVID or pre-COVID? It was, it was many years ago hmm. where I was living in an apartment by myself and I'm eating like, I'm ordering pizza like four times a week. <laughs> And I'm and it's pizza in China. I was so stereotypical, like pizza and Chinese food, and literally just like, uh, and you and you smell like shit in the morning because like you're just, Dude. just sweating. You're just like I'm like literally sweating when I ate, which is pizza and grease. <laughs> I mean, so I I have been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of people ask me now. This didn't used to happen ever. Mm -hmm. People often bring up that I'm in really good shape because I, I guess I finally got to the point where you can tell that I work out all the time. Yeah. It, you are clearly consistent so, with it. Well, so yeah. So people ask me about it a lot and like what got me started and it's not, it wasn't a bunch of positive motivation. It wasn't like me trying to be sexy or cool or strong or athletic or any of those good things about it. It was just that I was a sad little human that didn't have enough water and sunlight and I wasn't planted in the right soil. And so I was just upset and not doing well. And I thought, you know what? If, if I don't do these things, I'm unhappy. So why don't I just start doing these things? <laughs> and so again, it was, it wasn't necessarily a positive motivation system. It was just that I, I knew that if I didn't do these certain things, I would feel really bad. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, mo most of life is like that. It's, hey, if you don't do these five things a day, you're not going to have a good day. Yep. You could do a billion other things. And if you don't do these five, bad day. What and is, so, what, what is your day look like? Like the average, what is, no, your, what is your ideal day look like? A day that you do have that you're just like, that was fantastic. Um, I get up early. What time? I go on a, uh, as the sun is coming up. Damn, so that's I, so early I, because yeah, it's summertime. I, I love mornings. So right now in Texas, I don't know if that's six or six thirty. It's kind of in that window. Hmm. Um, I like when the sun's coming up and the light is the light is really soft. You can hear the birds chirping. It's not too hot yet. It, I live in Austin. It gets blistering. This summer's been really nice, but typically it gets blisteringly hot. Um. Go on a walk, maybe a little jog for the second half. Get like get your blood flowing. Come home, have some coffee. I like to have a slow morning. Um, I will 
go over my calendar and make sure I know it's coming in the day and in the week. And then I will do whatever emails and Discord messages I need to do um, as far as scheduling. Not like complicated things or new ideas or anything like that, but I'll just check all the boxes so I know it's coming ahead of me in the day. Um, and I like to have like a slow morning, maybe two cups of coffee and just kind of chill for the first couple hours of the day. Then by maybe by nine o'clock, really start diving into work. Um, I like to eat my first meal at like one o'clock uh, typically, which means, and I like to work out fasted typically. So I'll... Uh, really? Work, yes. Why is that? Yep. Why, why do you like to, it just, it just works for you? Because I feel like so, I always need to eat something before. So when you're actually doing intermittent fasting, which means you're eating for, let's just say, you eat six hours a day, that's 18 hours of no calories. And I mean no calories. You, that no cream in your coffee, no beer before, you know, while watching TV show before bed, zero calories in that window your body goes through a lot of very important processes in digestion, um, in your, uh, your hormones that your body will release, whether it's serotonin or uh, in the pineal gland that affects, I believe it's like, that's the gland that tells your hormones what's... Uh, it's been a while since I've looked at it. It's like one of those things you learn and then you put away in your pocket and you take the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing it right, I'm never hungry, ever. I actually make myself eat the first meal because I know that I ha only have six hours. I need to get a certain amount of calories in, and I want to be done by a certain hour. Mm. Um, and if I work at, and so I'm, ne I'm not hungry. I don't feel like I need energy. And by the way, the, the idea that you need to like eat before you work out so you have energy, any, any given day, you're working off of yesterday's energy. Mm-hmm. That's true for hydration, true. Like Navy SEALs talk about this with hydration all the time. You hydrate for tomorrow. And so the same is of your, of your food. I've already made the decision of how much energy I'm going to have today by how much I ate yesterday. Um, so I don't need to eat in the morning right before my workout because your body's not going to process that and turn it into usable energy in any kind, unless you're eating a bunch of sugar and mm -hmm. you get a really quick fit. But I don't, I try to eat really low sugar diet. Um, and so I'm not hungry. I feel a lot lighter. And so I, and I have all this energy from uh, the food that I had yesterday. I try and eat really high fat, high protein. It's a much slower food source. Um, and so then I will work out in that fasted state. And I just feel really good when I do that. Come home, shower, or a lot of times I'm working out at home. Um, and then, you know, break my fast. Then probably... In the middle of the day, I actually like to take that time to do some stuff, get a little bit of sunlight, get a workout in, maybe do a couple errands, and then come back to work later in the day. And I have that luxury because I work out at home. Um, and so uh, then maybe in the evening, I watch a show. I My evenings are usually pretty full. Like most of the most evenings in a week, I have something, whether it's a podcast like this or D&D &D I play once a week or I go dancing on Wednesday nights or something like that. Um, my nights tend to have something going on. And if they don't, maybe I'll watch a show 
Maybe I'll play some game that's not RuneScape. Maybe I'll... <laughs> anything but RuneScape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> maybe I'll do something with my girlfriend. Or maybe or maybe I'll, I don't know, read a book. Yeah. Um, and then go to bed and do it all over again. Um, that, that's a good day for me. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, that like, sounds nice. And I like that rhythm. Um, I, tip, I, I don't take weekends... I like to work as much as I can and, and have, you know, we, you know, days built the same every day yep. until I take a trip or because mm. I, I do that plenty that I, I don't need weekends. It's like if I have a trip coming up, I'd rather just work and then not feel like I'm falling behind. Yeah. So uh, Saturday and Sunday to me are just normal days of the week. Yeah, when I when I used to work an actual job and I did get my weekends off, it felt like the weekends were actually just like, yeah, I didn't get to work, which was nice because I just hated my jobs that I worked. But at the same time, it just feels like you get into a slump for a couple days. And I even was working four days a week and just like three days of slump and then back to like an actual healthy grind and then back to slump. I'm like, why don't, like, I almost just wish this, I wish I could have just worked, you know, 40 hours. Like, I almost, wish, okay, I, I'm i trying to remember back when I actually, I don't think I would have actually wanted this in reality, but I think in hindsight, which is completely foggy, I think it would have been cool to almost work seven days a week just for minimum hours, just to keep that schedule. Again, that's like a personal thing. I think I would actually enjoy that low-key because then you're just working less every day, but you never get that slump. I would always you, fall into a slump on the weekends. You, you know what's weird? Mm -hmm. I remember being a kid, and I remember being taught um, the the Christian week is a seven-day week in which God, the story goes, rests on a Sunday. And it was always taught like that that day of rest was mandated and kind of like forced upon the culture as if they needed to be forced to stop working, which I remember thinking as a kid going, what the hell? What? <laughs> I would take five days of rest in a week. Like I could, that's all that I want. But now as an adult, I realize, oh, that's a very different perspective on like, that's a meditative, like, mm, uh, religious practice to force yourself to not be busy and attend to the emotional, spiritual, uh, mental aspects of life, mm. which, which didn't, that, that distinction didn't land on me until I, you know, was working all the time and, and had a feeling like you where I was like, I'd rather just keep working. And then realizing how easy it would be to lose sight of, um, those important things and like taking the time to recenter yourself in a week. Mm, that's yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, cause that's how, again, that's how it was told was like, Hey, you need to do this or you will forget. But I remember being a kid and thinking like, that's all I, all I do is screw around. Like, what are you talking about? And now <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, Oh, I do have to make myself take, like take a moment and Think about, you know, and reset and refocus. Yep. Reflect. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. Let me ask you, I guess, you know, I'm not going to get into it like super deep, but I, I let me just ask you actually. So mm -hmm. what do you think about like spirituality and 
I don't know. What do you think about just, I know that's such a broad thing, but I feel like I've been going through just a little bit of like a spiritual, like revival almost of, I, okay. it's, it's very, it's, hey, maybe it's that's, impossible Maybe to that's describe, what the next but. four years are, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's your next uh, season. Um, I, I'll try and keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and for this point of being effective about, I guess what I believe, I, I, I think that humans are, and this is true for, I guess, life in general. Humans are spiritual beings having a physical experience. I think that this world is a manifestation of a greater reality, more so than the vice ver- than vice versa. If one of the two is a reflection of, of the other, this is the reflection. Um, now, as far as what that means for my life, uh, I think it adds a lot, of, a lot of importance to everything that you do. Uh, I, this used to haunt me, uh, when, especially when I was younger. The, the thought that I don't think people get away with anything. I think every tiny, and this is true. I remember I was studying human neurology and the way that your, your body's nervous system constructs um, pathways and patterns of behavior um, and how repetition builds. If you, if you do, we, obviously we know that if you do something over and over and over again, you become stronger at that thing. The truth of the matter is every time you do anything once, your body's building those pathways stronger. So not only is it implicit in your neurology, but also in your um, physical experience of life, everything that you do compounds and is a step in a direction. It's not just an action in and of, of itself. You're building the person that you're going to be in the future. And so I really do believe that Everything you do matters. Though I'm, I mean, I'm looking at my desk right now, just kind of noticing it's pretty organized, it's pretty clean, but there's like little things you can attend to. And you could, find, you could look at anything in your life, whether it's physical or mental or whatever, and there's things that you can fix and that you can attend to and that you can uh, build upon. I, don't, I take all of those things very seriously. And for me, that's a reflection of the truth that... that I believe that there's something greater to mm, what's really going on here. I guess I'll leave it at that for now. Um, I don't think I'm an overly spiritual person. I find my spirituality really grounded in the physical world. Mm. Um, And it's another reason that I've always related to myself, whether mentally or emotionally, through physical exercise. I really relate to the world in that way. Like the physical struggle of life uh, has always kept me really engaged. Mm. I like that you were talking about the compounding interest of just everything and like every single thing matters. Cause that's when I think that's when my workouts, cause even, you know, two years ago, I was in like the worst shape of my life, basically just had completely let myself go and just like, didn't care. 
and then just the slow little things of daily, like, okay, let's just go for a walk or let's do this, you know? Um, and then I think the thing that really got me more into like, not, I, I say bodybuilding, but it's not bodybuilding. It's just like taking care of your body and building up some strength and stuff like that. When I, f- something was said and it was just like, you get out what you put in. And it's like every little thing matters. Like every little thing that you do is affecting something else. So like just even like the most minuscule thing is leading you to a direction like you said. And so that made my work. And I, again, I'm not like always putting that into practice. But whenever I do think about it, I'm like, okay, what if I did one more push-up? What if I did one more of this? Like what if I even just one more, you know, it's yeah. that little bit of extra that you're putting in, you're going to get back out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I like that. Dude, speaking of one more, I I there was a period in my life where I uh God, I have a couple like really important memories to me where I remember I'll just tell the story in in a pretty succinct way. I was at this this guy named Elliot Hulse. He, again, you can look him up on YouTube. Um, this was maybe four or five years ago, I think five years, was putting on this uh, camp called Grounding Man up in upstate New York. Um, and I, I went to this camp. It was three days, two nights, I believe. Um, it's extremely physically strenuous. It's a whole bunch of men from all over the world um, doing this, like, we're doing uh, bioenergetics and different, like, meditations and physical exercises and breathing exercises and um semi-yogic practices um it was was a blast it was really fun um but you're getting up crack of dawn and you're doing physical exercise or labor or whatever literally all day and i remember one night like i think it was after the first day um i was lying in my bed and it's like 10 30 we had just gone to bed and i like couldn't sleep i don't know what was with me i laid in bed for like two hours like midnight comes around and i'm just like i just have like thoughts turning over and over in my head and i was like ah screw it like who needs sleep right and so i got up from my bunk and i was like i'm just gonna go on a walk and pretty soon a walk turned into a jog and i'm like all right like I said, this is kind of how I process uh, a lot of things. And I remember I was running about a quarter mile. Um, I guess it would be a, a, about a half mile loop. If I, if I ran like down to this forest edge around this kind of like rocky path, turned around, ran past my door to like another end and then turned around and came back to the center point. That was about a half mile. And I, I remember I did that like about three times and I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm beat. It is the middle of the night. I've been up for mm, pushing like 18 hours and was just beat from the day. And now I'm, I'm just like putting in my reps late at night. And I was like, I had this thought, Hey, I should go inside. It I don't want to beat myself up too much for the day tomorrow. I've got a big day ahead of me. Uh, and then there was this voice that was like, yeah, but you could do one more, right? And I remember thinking like, I, 
I'm pretty sure I could do one more. So I, I did another lap. And I remember thinking, okay, like that wasn't that bad. I, I think I could do one more. And that continued for, I think, like two hours, dude. <laughs> I don't know how many miles I ran. Jesus Christ. Hours and hours. And eventually that, that inner dialogue of like, uh, you could do one more. I stopped saying, I think I could do one more. And it was just like, I have no idea. I might collapse on this next one. And I would do one and I would go, I, I, I just remember thinking like, I really don't know who the heck I am. I thought I was like a four mile kind of guy. And I remember I'm hitting like 10, 11, 12 miles in the middle of the night. It starts raining. Nobody's watching. Everyone else has been sleeping. It, by, this, by this point, it's like 3.30 in the morning. I'm still just running. My body's just numb at this point. And I don't, I honestly, I don't know how long I ran. I think I ran until about 4.30 or 5 in the morning. I could, I just stopped counting the miles. They didn't matter. I just remember thinking it does like, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep going. And I just kept going. And I remember I, I dragged myself back inside. I was just like numb from the cold, numb from the rain, numb from running all day and not sleeping. I've been up for almost 24 hours at that point, And I, went inside and I showered and I crawled into bed and I was just like, I remember laying there thinking like, I had no idea I could do that. I had no idea I could get close to that. Um, and then the next two days were up, like the next morning I woke up with a tension headache. I don't know if you've ever had one of those. Oh, Holy that's... shit, bro. I was seeing stars. Like I had to drag myself to the first exercise the next morning. Eventually it went away. I got back into it. I got some energy and the next day was great. But like, dude, that was, I, I've had a couple experiences like that in my life where it's just like, if you could do one more, what would it be like? And I, and I just had to tell myself like, don't worry about hurting yourself. And maybe this is stupid advice, but I remember just thinking like tomorrow doesn't matter. If there's no tomorrow, could you do one more lap? And, uh, Man, I really went a couple like really deep, dark places on some of those runs or workouts or whatever. And I wouldn't trade that kind of physical training and mental training for anything, dude. Damn. Um, yeah, dude. I, I I mean, I haven't had that many like really transformative, maybe like religious, spiritual experiences, but that was one of them. I, that, I don't, it's kind of hard to put in words, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, it's personal. You know? It's a yeah. Yeah. That's that's so cool though. I think like little experiences like that, especially when you proved yourself you can do something that you had no idea you could do. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, I still think to this day, like, man, how long could I kept running? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I probably could I could have kept going. How, when do you stop, you know? Yeah, for real. That would be interesting, you know, to like actually try that one day. Like you'd have to, it, it couldn't, I don't know. It would almost have to be like natural. Like you'd have to just like get into that state of mind again and just really push. <clears throat> but yeah, it's weird because in a strange sense, we all limit our, we all limit ourselves in certain aspects. Like you almost categorize yourself as like you said earlier, like, oh, I, I'm like a four mile runner. Like I, I didn't even think I could even really go beyond there. That's where that's where I kind of like hard lock myself. It's like I'll go for a four mile loop around my, uh, like around the Willamette River that I live by, and 
it's like a four mile loop. And then it just feels like I almost just sort of gatekeep myself right there. Like, okay, like that's enough, you know? But like, what if I just stopped thinking that way? And (laughs) I just, instead of just putting in my mind subconsciously, like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. Like, it's like, it's, it's so limiting in a way, but we all do it in certain aspects. Yeah. Well, what started happening to me, the more I did that, I like, I got kind of addicted to it, man. Like there was this voice that would always say, bro, I'd be like going to bed at night and it's like a work day. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make this smart decision. I'm going to, bu-. and the second my brain would say smart decision, this other part of me would be like, okay, you know, you have to strap on some shoes and go run now, you fuckhead. And, and I would just go run for an hour in the cold, in the rain at night. The, the, or like I'm, I, I come in from a long day or a long workout and I'm like, ah, okay, now it's time to relax. I'm going to be comfortable. And the second my brain starts saying that this other part of my brain goes, no, no, you're not. You're going to take a freezing cold shower and then you're going to go do another workout. And, and so, but I kind of got addicted to this, like, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I felt like I could connect with this other part of me that didn't, that was never really, um, I could never really access in my day-to-day life because day-to-day life was so comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I got really obsessed for a long time with, I guess that would be specifically, it was being uncomfortable. And I would start looking for opportunities to ruin my day. (laughs) And, uh, I actually, I still do that to this day and I love it. It, it drives me like few other things do. That's awesome. Um, okay. So in the Twitter topics, I, I, I haven't heard about your experience yet, but right after Tennessee, you flew to North Carolina mm-hmm. for Mason's wedding yep. and he's asking favorite moment from that trip. And, oh, also how was meeting? Cause I'm assuming you met Torvesta and did or bitter and Evie. Yes, I did. Yes. How was that? And, and that, how was the trip all, in general? Yeah. Yeah. So meeting everybody was awesome. Um, let's see. Torvesta was way funnier than I thought he was going to be. He's a very <laughs> quiet dude, but he was hilarious. Yeah. I heard he's really um, quiet and he's sober, which, you know, respect. Yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, he does drink. So he's not like, uh, it's not a hard line for him, but he's very, <gasps> excuse me, very strict on his diet. Mm. And so that's obviously, an, if you're doing any strict diet, alcohol is like a less low hanging fruit. Don't drink, and you're uh, you're gonna be way better off than people who are drinking. Um. Uh, let's see. Dinner was like if a, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. If a Chihuahua had one wish and he wished to become a human being, <laughs> that brother had so much energy. I have never met anyone in my life oh my that was just that uh, dialed up all the time. I, it's. It's incredible to see uh, Jake just as funny and warm in person as he is online. Um, Megan was really nice. I never oh, really yeah, interacted was with there her as well. before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Solo. I mean, we got to hang out on in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then um, Solo's great. Um, he is. He's he's a good lad. Yep, yep. And then Rarg was at the house as well. Um, I really like Rarg. I've not. I mean, I've known him for. I don't know a long time um we didn't we haven't we haven't kept up the past 
I don't know, like two years really, but especially early on when we were both making videos. Um, yeah, he was great too. It was so meeting everyone. It was a great experience. Um, favorite memory. I'll <laughs> Dude, I have now ripped and this, I, I've got some cake, bro. I'm like, and not like a normal cake. I'm talking like triple decker wedding cake. Uh, and hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since I've been working out, uh, I started going to a gym again and putting on some heavy like weights on the bars as opposed to just doing like calisthenics and home workouts. Uh, I guess my ass got even bigger. I have <laughs> torn in the past month, two different pairs of pants. <laughs> One of them, it was about a week ago. I was doing squats at the gym and at the bottom of a squat, my athletic shorts just ripped up my ass. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, this is getting stupid. Uh, but the first one was at the wedding at the, uh, at the after party, I was dancing, and I don't remember what song, but uh, but my friend, uh, it's some ghetto song, so she like drops it low, and I'm like, oh yeah, well I can do that. So I drop it low and I slap the ground, and the second I hit the bottom, <laughs> I ripped my suit pants from oh, no. from the from the belt in the front down the zipper all the way up around the horn. Up all the way up the ass towards the belt seam in the back. Jesus. Like full split my pants. <laughs> and and then I just, we like, sh she was standing behind me. And so I turn around, mouth open. She's standing there with her mouth open. We're just like, what the fuck just happened? And, uh, and then I danced the rest of the night and did everything. With act ripped like nothing pants? ever happened. With ripped. Yeah. Straight ripped down the center. Um, God. Yeah, so that was cool, I guess. That, that's definitely the best <laughs> moment. That's awesome. It, yeah. Well, I, thankfully, I had dark boxers on, so it, when it was we, it was dark on the dance floor, it was like a, you know a lot of lights and stuff. But you, so you couldn't really tell. I don't think anybody noticed that I didn't like show and be like, "Yo, dude, I look at my pants." Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably everybody noticed, and I just didn't care <laughs> or notice them noticing. But yeah. Oh my god. That's awesome. Um, did, whose belt did you fix? I saw a, a nine rain, the type of guy. Oh, to, Ditter. Had, yeah. Oh, dude. Ditter, he's may, maybe like a 29-inch waist. <laughs> it's got to like be smaller four, than that. Bought like, bought like a 42 belt. <laughs> and oh, so no. he shows up with this thing that you could like. Anyways, I, I uh, punched a hole in it with like a 
knife and an ice pick or something. And so I, I punched him a new belt hole. But it was a good, like, foot away from the closest hole. <laughs> it was not close. This so belt it, like, was wrapped huge. around twice almost. Dude, it, it almost went, it went around him and then all the way back around to the center of his back. It was 150% <laughs> of the belt that he needed. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... Yeah, okay, we, we fixed them up pretty good. Speaking of the nine rain, the type of guy, Solo Mission asks, "What is your favorite nine rain, the type of oh. guy tweet comment of all time?" Okay, so that one, I'm not sure if I could answer. I'd have to go dig up the thread. Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. There's so many the, now. You'd have there you'd were, be scrolling for there a day. were yeah, there were many that were. Uh... Oh man, I I just remember reading a lot and going. That's not funny. That's true. <laughs> like, like that's way it's too true. Very true. Um, <laughs> what, yeah. what was the one that like related the most? You're like, oh, oh my. I mean, the I, one that I can that was way up there that I can remember is like nine the type of guy that closed the fridge with his hip. <laughs> and, and like, there's a couple like that where I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, that's like. To a T, like I'm that guy. <laughs> My um, favorite is Nine Rain, the type of guy to ask who dra- who dra- or who dragged the cat back in. What am I thinking? Is what, it, am I saying that right? Look or, what the cat dragged. Look in. what the cat dragged in. Is that what I'm, dude, am there, I saying? That right? there yeah, were, that dude, perfect. there were a couple that were you know like typical idioms like that <laughs> that I actually say frequently. Oh, wait, wait, actually, I think it was whale. I can't remember. I don't want to give credit to it. It, it was the. Nine rain, the type of guy to start floating when he smells a pie. <laughs> nah, fuck that one. That was stupid. No, nah, that's that. not. Nope, I love that, that one. Because I can literally one. imagine you turning that's... into like a Disney character. <laughs> like, nah, that's, that one's stupid. I'm redoing that one. Fuck I you, love whale. That. I fuck love you, whoever that else one. said that. Oh nah, I, ain't no Pepe Le, I ain't no Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> I <laughs> fucking like... love that one. Wasn't that a Pepe Le Pew? Like, wouldn't he like float after chicks as they walk by? Maybe I literally can't even remember. Like, I, I don't mm. know who the character is. I'm just imagining yeah, something it's in my head. That skunk, that French skunk, who would be like, oh no, no, oh yeah, is that the? And he was like in love with his cat, I think. Oh yeah, there, there isn't there like a Disney character that's like an old man with like a beard that floats when he smells something, or, or, or am I just like Bro, imagining? I have, no, I have no idea about that, but I do remember Pepe Le Pew. Mm, mm. Which is a good name for a French skunk, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. I guess that one's okay. I'll give you that. Uh that one oh my god. Yeah, there there's a ton though. Uh and it just randomly came about and nobody even tags you in them. That, <laughs> that ne- was you're never surprising to me. That was surprising to me when I saw <laughs> multiple <laughs> large threads and i was like what the hell is going on yeah what was that like seeing it when you when you first saw just <laughs> well it was it was fun i mean I, it was just it was just funny i thought it was hilarious and i i think it was um oh god it was guns chili and who was his partner in crime shit there's a couple guys that are to blame for the first thread um Tom was one of them, mm. but I, I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, hats off to those guys. Yeah. Well played. That's, well played. Th- and that will that meme basically will never die. It'll always no, get brought it, up again. It'll it's, just it's even cont- worse. It's even worse in person. Like it, <laughs> it pops up on Twitter occasionally. Yeah. If I'm around RuneScape people, it's like half the things people say to me. 
or non random topic guy comments. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, a cold one loves that. He yes, loves he does. the he, yes, the type he of guy. loves it. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Love your cold one. Awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what's awesome about a cold one is like he literally is the same person, just identical to who he is online. Just, yes. Yes. Like you see him and he's just like, you are literally okay. Him this... being cold and direct and yeah. very like uh straightforward in his delivery of is exactly <laughs> the same when you're talking to him. <laughs> Just dead serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the best part about it? I actually had a random chuckle just alone one night when I think it was just before I was getting him on the cast for like the third time with Whale. <clears throat> and I just thought of his name. I was like, a cold one. Like his name is literally a cold one. And I just bust yep. out laughing for like five minutes straight because when you actually just think of his name, in like a really weird sense, it's like the most hilarious thing ever. Like who names themselves a cold one? <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. I must have just been in a strange mood, but I literally laughed for like five minutes just thinking about his name because I had also just met him like in person. And he, it's just like, that is the perfect name for him. Just a cold one. Okay. Speaking of just randomly laughing. Yeah. I must tell you something. Okay. Uh, I... This was what, what? What's today? Is fucking Monday? Yeah. So two nights ago, Saturday, I went to a party. Um, I have micro dosed mushrooms before, mm -hmm. small amounts. Um, we I did that again, uh, at this party with my girlfriend. Turns out it was not a micro dose. <laughs> so we we didn't full ass trip, but holy shit, that was way more of an experience than either of us signed up for <laughs> what did and let me guess you got the laughs did you just get dude the, okay go is that a thing yeah yeah that's a thing bro <laughs> it was it okay there's only been a couple of times when i have been so gripped by an emotion so quickly <laughs> one time uh it was the last time i had anesthesia for a surgery mm. um I remember going into uh, the room that I'm like getting wheeled in and this into this like shiny white room. Everything is silver and white. There's all kinds of implements on silver trays everywhere. There's a couple doctors around me and they're like, all right, we're going to administer whatever the fuck. I had an IV in me and they're like, we're going to administer whatever in the IV. And, uh, we're going to we're going to count down or I'm going to have you count down from 5 or something like that. And so then they go, "Okay, 5 4 3." And then I feel it hit uh my like through my they did the back of my hand. Mm. I feel this cold hit my veins and I just feel it like like up through my arm immediately into my chest and then like through my body and I could I could feel it going through the veins. And then they go three, two, and at one, I don't know what this, because I remember that, you know, before they administered it, they were, uh, you know, like, t tell me about the procedure, blah, blah, I'm going to wake up, da, da, da. And while one of the doctors is doing this, another one is strapping my arms and legs down. And I remember thinking, like, why are they doing that? And then they got to one, and it's hard to explain this. But I had the most 
primal sensation of pure rage. <laughs> Whoa. Like, completely take over me. I, and it was, it was so bizarre because I did not, there was nothing to be angry or mad or frustrated about. There was no reason to it whatsoever. There was no object of my rage. It was just pure emotion. Whoa. And very strong. And I, she got the one and I felt my, all of my limbs just poof, stretch up against this restraints. And I, I think I screamed. And it was just like three, two, and I go, ah, and then black. And then Whoa. I woke, and then I woke up like six hours later. I have no idea what the hell that happened. In fact, I actually have been meaning every time I think about this to, I, I want to call the anesthesiologist because I, I do have another surgery that I'll be going in for. for um, and so I need to call the anesthesiologist and be like, hey, did that, did I imagine that? Or I don't think I did. Yeah. But you can never be um, too sure, you know? Right. Well, so the ask. reason, yeah. And so, <laughs> it, but it was such a pure emotion and from nowhere, completely unbidden as if I was possessed by a spirit. And then a meet. so the reason I say that is because Saturday, I'm, the party was pretty overwhelming for uh, me and my girlfriend because, uh, not to digress too much, but when you're uh, tripping on psilocybin, it, it can be a, vi the, it doesn't really conduct the nature of the experience. It basically, this is my very uneducated, version of it it was like it took whatever was happening under the surface and brought that up whether that's positive or negative or otherwise mm -hmm. and so we felt like we had to get out of the party because it was too much and so we went upstairs and we were just chilling in this room with the door closed and like so we could get away from the noise and all the people <laughs> and i was in the middle of just talking so I don't remember what I was saying to my girlfriend, but mid-word, I'm just like, something, da-da-da. And then mid-word, I was over, just completely overwhelmed by laughter. So much that I didn't even finish the word. I literally just spit out a laugh, <laughs> like mid-sentence, mid mid-word, and was hysterically laughing. And then she immediately, also the same, Bro, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That happened probably a dozen times. <laughs> when and it, it, it like came in waves where all of a sudden we're just like... Can't stop laughing. Like, <laughs> she'll hate me for saying this. She could, She's in the house somewhere, so um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll like whisper. She legit peed her dress. <laughs> Full peed. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. It didn't know until <laughs> later when, when she was like, wait a minute. I think... <laughs> And she was like, feel this. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, no, but seriously, dude. It, no, it was just it was just funny. Like, it, it was just funny. Um. Anyways. No, that literally g connects exactly with Zoe's question. So I'm going to I'm going to go to Zoe's topic okay. on Twitter. Um. First, first, she asks, what kind of guy do you truly think you are? But I can't even begin to answer that question. Who knows what kind of person they truly are, Zoe? That's I appreciate the thought, but I ask myself that every night as I drift off to sleep. If if you I'll were let to you make, know if I ever get an answer. If you were to make your own nine rain the type of guy though, 
what do you think you would say? If you could make one. It doesn't have to be the perfect one, but if you could make one, what would it be? Hmm. I do. I'm gonna have to think on that one. I don't. Okay. I, okay. I got. Well, nothing. one of these days you're gonna tweet it out. Well, that's that feels so narcissistic. Narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's that's. I don't participate. In, I or I try not to participate in those. I don't know. Like it just niner feels... in the type of guy to not make a niner in the type of guy comment. That's, that's I, I I guess. Um, niner in the type of guy to the to tell the e girls now. Now I remember listening to a based after dark podcast with you. It was probably your first one and. I remember something about sunning your holes. And so she's asking benefits of sunning your holes. That's a throwback. I couldn't couldn't tell you. (laughs) I actually still. Sorry, I'm going to just interrupt. Yeah. I still remember exactly where I was when I was hearing that because I started laughing. I was walking around (laughs) this uh, university in, in, um, uh, well, I used to go on a walk in Alabama and it was around this university. And I remember the the exact spot where I started laughing about it because I was just imagining <laughs> like sunning my hole because I'm like I've never even imagined doing that. <laughs> so go uh, on, yeah, go on. dude. No, I, I I couldn't tell you the benefits. I don't know. Don't really <laughs> care. I've never looked them up, but I've done it, and I felt at peace with myself and the world. So I didn't really feel Were you like sober. I to, yes, I didn't really feel like I needed to justify it to myself with like. These are the benefits. I just was like, yeah. that felt good. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Some, things, some things don't need an explanation or a right. list of benefits. Just the it. original asshole sunners, I'm sure, didn't have a list of benefits. They just knew, you know, that it was intuitively good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she also asks thoughts on mushrooms. Mm. Uh, I'll say this. They're not a toy. Amen to that. Um, don't be a fucking kid with them. Mm, you get to, in, in large part, dictate the experience that you're going to have by controlling the environment, setting a plan and some intentions for it, and making the space for it. Mm, do those things. And then uh, buckle up <laughs> and don't do too much, especially your first time. Oh, Maybe yeah. a toe in the water. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I will also say one thing that I learned very recently. Make sure you know which kind of mushroom the psilocybin is uh, being derived from. Because a gram of one type of psilocybin mushroom is not always equivalent to a gram of another. They're not all created equal. The difference between, I guess, the, the least strong one and the greatest is almost twofold. Mm. So that's a pretty big fucking uh, difference <laughs> Yeah, between two grams and four, so to speak, like effective grams. So do your research. They're not a toy. Um... <laughs> And I think that we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot about them in the future. I think that human beings have a whole lot to be uh, gained from the correct use of psilocybin, specifically. Um, also, do not go eat random mushrooms. There are so many fungi and mushrooms that will just kill you or yep. ruin you. Yep. Uh, so that's also not a fucking joke. Um, 
but yeah, you know, like do, do your research, set it up properly. Uh, probably don't do it alone. That is the biggest thing I think is like as much, as much as it sounds nice to like, you know, just be alone in these, you know, settings, which is what, at least when I was doing it, like it always felt like I wanted to do it alone. Cause whenever I had anybody else, it just, it would, it felt like it was ruining the experience, but man, if you could just have somebody to bring you back to earth if needed, like, or just be there. It's very, very, I don't know. I feel like if I, if I ever do that again, which I haven't since my, uh, you know, very Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, crazy experience, if I ever do it again, it'll always be with somebody that's sober and there for me. Right. So um, my, both me and my girlfriend did them at the party Mm -hmm. and she started having a pretty negative experience because the party was pretty overwhelming. A mm-hmm. lot of people, a lot of noise, a lot of stuff that's pretty out of control. I mean, it's a party. It's supposed to be out of control. Yep. Um, thankfully, my, it started hitting me about 20 minutes later than her. Um, and so thankfully, I was able still to say, hey, let's get out of here. Basically had to drag her out of the house. And then we went in the car. And the experience got way better once mm-hmm. we were away from, you know, all of the people and all of the noise and all of the, you know, party. Yeah. Um, and then we had a really good time once we got into the car and could kind of ride it out and, um, you know, control the experience. But it would have been much better to do that ahead of time. And for full disclosure, we were not planning on tripping. We took what, what we thought was going to be at max one gram, and it was not that. Mm. I don't know. I so I'm gonna have the. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing some research on the br- the brand of chocolate bar that we had, mm-hmm. and some other digging to figure out what the hell happened, because that was not at all, uh, <laughs> consistent. The experience that you had thought, yeah. Well, not at all consistent with the dosages that I'm pretty familiar with mm-hmm. from from what I've read and learned and listened to. Uh, somehow we ended up with way more in our system. Yeah. And so we were not trying to trip at a party our first time doing mushrooms <laughs> or anything like that. So. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think that's good to just talk about the risks. And the, there is just, there are risks with any drugs. And like, you just <clears throat> have to be safe with it because, yeah, if you start treating it as a toy, that's when things go really south. And things can go incredibly south. Yep. So. And, and we were and we were even trying to be very uh, cautious with it, but something went sideways. Either yeah. in uh, who knows. Yeah, and, uh, and then it'll it'll be out of your control as well. Like you can yep. you can set everything up, even if you were to have all the precautions, things can still yep. go wrong. So and and I will say, even though it started out a pretty confusing mm, negative experience, turned out the second half was really good. Um, it was still pretty emotion uh, emotional a lot of negative emotion but also a lot of positive emotion we talked about a lot of things a lot of like thoughts came up to the surface from god knows where um and be first of all being able to go through that together was really uh affirming in our relationship and then also our both of our feelings about it after the fact we're positive 
despite the fact that it started out so chaotic. We yep. both went, I would do that again. I would do it differently, but I would totally do that again. And and again, I, I guess I'll, the last thing I'll say is to, re to reiterate, we, ours was not a very heavy trip. Hers a little more so than mine. She's quite a bit more sensitive mm -hmm. to a lot of things. Um, but even then was not like, it was not like a three gram, like full fucking trip. Mm -hmm. And certainly not some heroic dose, uh, which is technically is five grams, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, it can get, it can be way more intensive an experience. So just, yeah, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's weird. Like, uh, the potential for the, I mean, I want to, I almost want to call it a medicine, but uh, you know, you could take any, if you took enough ibuprofen, it would kill you, you know, like this things like these medicines or these tools you know have use i think but it's just they can be abused and like it's so interesting just the whole i don't know like the things i've felt on mushrooms exclusively like it's just it's benefited me so much but there's the negatives as well that have come from it and yeah it's like it's just it has to be respected and it has to you you will understand as well and like and i don't do not advocate that everybody should do it at all i think uh you know it's like a personal decision if you ever want to dive into psychedelics at all or even just test the waters but i think there's just real risks that need to be like addressed or just acknowledged beforehand and uh but yeah it's just interesting because it's it's definitely shaped my life um in different ways and it's made me like consider things i hadn't considered before but again it's not like it's all been positive or all been negative it's just like a mixture of it but it's it's weird yeah. it'll open your mind to certain things that can be one, yeah just do uh, yeah go uh, so one thing that first of all i didn't expect it to have such an effect on my um cognitive ability i really struggled to hold on to a train of thought such as like we're having a lengthy conversation about multiple topics was not even in the realm of possibility for me um m both me and my girlfriend were really like we would start to say a sentence and then we would lose it or she would say something and we would we we're kind of bouncing around mm -hmm. um I don't know if you if that was oh yeah I've I've it feel, I have not experienced everything that obviously that can be experienced on it but I've experienced a wide range of things where I'm like you know I've had several trips and then all of a sudden I'll have a trip it's completely different and I'm like okay I had no idea I almost really? thought I knew what this was like I thought I knew what I am going into this because I've done it before uh -huh. multiple times and then I'll have a trip and it's like okay this is completely alien to me and that's where you just start realizing okay they're like this is this is some crazy shit that uh is just you can never really know what you experience every experience is different as well like you can yeah. have similarities of course but you will have an experience that's just like this is absolutely alien and i thought i knew what i was taking but this is just interesting yeah interesting okay yeah um, yeah so you can never that... know you can never know what your experience will be either like you can as, as many times as you do it, like you'll just have a completely new experience sometimes. I got to go have it, like go try it 
like middle of the day or like a soft morning up in the mountains in Colorado, dude, I feel like that would be the, like the situation. Yeah. Just be safe with it. That's the biggest thing is like, just have somebody there. Yeah. I would definitely have a plan to make that an easy out. I can go be comfortable and Mm -hmm. safe kind of thing. Um, the, another thing I was going to say, I, I had one, I said it before I thought it, um, uh, while we were in the car, just kind of riding it out because <laughs> neither of us could drive. So we're like, I guess we're just here until whenever this trip is over. <laughs> and, uh, I remember, um, she was kind of, she asked, she posed me some question about whether or not I was ever scared in life or like what scared me the most. And I remember saying like, lo- I think my answer was like, lots of things scare me. Um, and I, and I put it this way, it's like the more explicit you are with a goal, the more explicit you are with your parameters of failure. And the more goals you set, the more paths of failure you elaborate. Mm. And I said, it's like, uh, the, as I've gotten older and I learn who I am and who I want to be more, I'm dreaming a more beautiful dream. And it's becoming clearer and clearer to me. But as you do that, you at the same time dream up a more terrifying nightmare. Because you can then all ima- you can then imagine all of the things that you would never be as well, or that you could be that were in direct opposition to the person you want to become. Whoa. And then even, yeah. Well, and then even if the bottom was still exactly the same for you, the, the more and more you imagine the top, the deeper that chasm grows between the two. That is so so interesting. Yeah. Right. And so my answer was, yeah, a lot of things scare me. And the older I get, the more clear that difference becomes, but it's, it also, it paints an even clearer picture of why I should be on the path that I'm on. So, you know, maybe it's okay to be scared and fearful but as long as you keep taking steps in the right direction and you let that fear motivate you instead of freezing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's actually... I'd, I'd, I'd never elaborated that before, but I, I said it and then thought about it later and was like, damn, that's... I, like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually makes a lot of sense too to me based on the things I felt on, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, it was a... <laughs> that no, this was the craziest accidental <laughs> trip um and the, you know that w- i've only said small moments of yeah there's uh, so much more that can't even be described honestly do, because do you have any trouble recalling any of your experiences oh yeah I, all of it okay. all, all of it is basically impossible to truly recall i've had i've had moments where like I will go into a trip and it is like I'm returning home. It's like this deep sense of familiarity that I've been there before and I've never been there, but it's like I have been there before and it's like more familiar than reality. And 
it's this deep sense of just love and interconnectedness Dude, and do you know yeah. do you know what that reminds me of there's a there's a book called i think it's in surprised by joy by c.s lewis where he he's talking about the nature of joy and he he's telling about an experience of a longing for a place he's never been um that that like the call of that far off city that feels like home and he he draws the connection between that longing and a sense of what joy is and he describes it as not a going to some new land but a returning home yep that's beautifully put i think that's like exactly you should you should like google i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna send it uh let's see surprised by joy cs lewis and then i guess the quote that would lead you there like the key words would be um longing for that far off city it's a pretty lengthy quote maybe a page and a half or two i recommend go google it and yeah, go yeah, read it it's beautiful um yeah, I just showed you a picture of a filet mignon, but you should go eat that when when this is over because he puts it so well. Um, and uh, I, so what I was I was I actually didn't have I, I'm not struggling to remember and really anything during the trip, but it was not a very strong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was still pretty affective, and was and certainly it, but and was certainly beyond a microdose, <laughs> but I, it wasn't like. Did not consume me. I will say, like, there is there is an afterglow, it seems, for a few days. I believe, like, obviously it's it's still in your memory, but give it a week and it'll just be, like, really foggy. A lot of those hmm. concepts will be foggier. I feel like the first few days afterward, you can kind of recall it pretty almost, almost clearly. It's still a little foggy, but, yeah, get, once a week's passed, it's like... Whew. Interesting. Yeah, I think you'll feel that but yeah no it's it's uh it's just it's interesting it makes me contemplate life a lot more and which is it's there's a problem with it because like i want to and this is part of the reason why i also took a break i mean on top of just you know the risks that are involved is like i i felt the need to just focus more on reality and just understand that you will not get the answers that you, you'll never know everything in life. Like you just won't. Right. And that's not the point of life. Life is to be experienced and to grow and to learn and to love and stuff. But like right. folk, trying to escape from that too often is just not bringing you anywhere. And so that's, that was the thing I felt personally is like, I oh, just have fair, to. Fair yeah. enough. I've done that with other things in my life. Um, that are good things where I was using that as a step away from what I should be doing or, or what I knew my path was. Um, I, I've done that with, with like either with schooling or with studies where I'm diving into this thing that it's like part of me, like I'm learning a lot or I'm being introspective. But if you don't take that knowledge and do something with it that benefits you or the people around you, then you might as well not be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of it like this. I mean, I, I, I think of this uh, analogy often. Just like you could have um, an overconsumption, like way too much input 
and not enough output in your physical body and it will, and it will make you obese and sick. If you have too much input and not enough output uh, mentally, Ooh, I like you can, that. We, I, I think that our society, especially Western society, is struggling just as much from uh, information overload and like a mental obesity as it is from physical obesity. I think I never it, like thought about that whole. Yeah, well, you should be really careful about the amount of stuff you're consuming um, mentally. And through a screen and through information, if you're not putting anything out into the world, it, it'll make you obese, it'll make you sick, it'll make you fat. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I think that's just objectively true. Yeah, I, that's awesome, actually. That's, that is mind-blowing, actually, that you said that. That makes so much sense to me, and I never even considered that. Well, and the, the solution is twofold. Either put out more or cut back on your input. Mm -hmm. or maybe a little bit of, probably a little bit of both yeah i think even the best way to go about it would just be like almost like not to cut back but to put in more i feel like and and who knows but i feel like you know if you for example like when it comes to dieting like when you just restrict cal calories and you're also restricting your exercise it's like a negative it's like a double <laughs> negative it's like you would be better off eating more and doing more Right. And I would say that's probably true. To overdo it in both is maybe better than to underdo it in both. Yeah. Um, but, but I think everyone has their own strengths and stuff. Yeah, so it's yeah. like everyone's and different. I, yeah. And I'd recommend if you think that, if you heard that and you think that that's like a, hey, that might be me, I bet if you start making a little bit of little changes, you'll start feeling the effects. Um, and, and you can also make the same analogy just as you can be careful about the kinds of foods that you're going to put into your body. You you can you need to be really careful about the kind of thoughts and ideas. Not not necessarily <clears throat> ideas. I I would hesitate to put that, but the kind of information that you're putting into your uh mind. Is it stuff that's actually useful and going to serve you and serve other people? Are they ideas that you're actually contending with or are you just slurping up Garbage. some bullshit to keep you entertained <laughs> yeah that's so, a good point yeah I, I think about that often um and it's it's i could it's like the twitter thing man i could feel the chatter in my head like drifting away and it took like three days and the yeah it was a it, the difference was profound for me so i think i have a lot to learn from that experience uh, and to take that lesson and put it in a whole bunch of areas of my life because that was, and that was advice that I never thought I would really fall prey to. So interesting. Dayton asks, what is your favorite in-game music track? And what is your favorite song to play on the drums? We haven't even addressed oh, your drumming God, talent. Dude. Um, favorite in-game track. I think it's tomorrow. Let me, Ooh, let me clicky click it really fast um tomorrow i'm gonna turn I'm, I'm i'm chopping redwoods right now oh yeah it's tomorrow dude i don't know why this song uh it reminds me of like i grew up playing runescape uh 2001 in 
um, classic. Um, up That's through hit the nostalgia feels, dude. Yeah, two thousand one <laughs> up through two thousand and six, the day they got rid of free trade in the wilderness, and me and my, all I did was merch and PK, and so me and Adam, my twin, and our friend Bradley, who used to live across the cul-de-sac, uh, we all quit that day. We were like, I guess we don't play anymore. Um, <laughs> and I didn't come back until 2018. That is very similar to me. Quit in 2007, came back 2015. Didn't play mm-hmm. at all. And uh, I don't know, man. This this soundtrack just reminds me of the good old days playing RuneScape with my twin and Bradley when there was nothing but like glee and adventure in our eyes and like life was so simple um i don't know it's just such a good memory yeah so <laughs> that's my favorite runescape track there's a lot of good ones but it's got to be tomorrow that that one will just take me immediately just takes me somewhere special um then my favorite track to drum to Oh, God. There's a couple of the new TOA tracks. They're not too new at this point, but the tracks that dropped with Tombs of a... Excuse me, Tombs of a Masket. Oh, and this isn't just RuneScape music, by the way, for the drums. Oh, this is any, this okay. Is any well, song. I'll say the to some of the Tombs of a Masket tracks. Okay. Um. Oh, what's his name? Um, Mod Surma. That brother, he put some grooves in there. And they're <laughs> like... They're, You'll hear grooves, you'll hear polyrhythms, you'll hear unique time signatures. Um, it's so really an actual musician made it. Yes, dude, that's it's nice. really fun to to drum to some of those. Um, it's also interesting. Some of those are exactly 100 beats per minute. A lot of RuneScape tracks are that way. 100 beats per minute is 0.6 ticks per second. It's the game tick clock of RuneScape yep. is 100 beats per minute. Um, You'll find that a lot of the tracks are actually tracked to 100 BPM. Um, now, as far as my favorite song to drum to, um, I, I really... So I love metal, more specifically, like gent, math metal, prog rock, a lot of the more either jazz, like heavy jazz, um, stuff that has a lot of groove and a lot of uh, rhythmic complexity, obviously, my cup of tea, um, but has the heavy sounds of metal, not necessarily like death metal or black metal or stuff with a blast beat. I don't find that too interesting a lot of the time. So that's my favorite genre. So I, I drum to stuff like that all the time, whether it's Tesseract, Plenty, Animals as Leaders, um, uh, Anoop Sastry, um, whatever, all those guys. Um, I also really enjoy drumming to video game soundtracks and 8-bit soundtracks and remixes because then you're not competing with another drum set. Usually they have programmed drums with the 8-bit sounds, um, but you can play over that and it, you're not, it's not like snare over snare or cymbal over cymbal where it's just you know like a competing sound. So that's really fun for me to play over. So I'll do a lot of covers of, you know music that doesn't have a traditional drop kit in it mm. yeah you you go hard on those i i love those twitter clips by the way especially the shirtless ones those are, this is <laughs> i think awesome. there was only one shirtless <laughs> drumming one and it's because 
Uh, who was Maybe it? Maybe I just replayed it so many times. It uh, bro, like it. <laughs> well, it was stupid skill specs. Made some <laughs> smart-ass comment about me playing shirtless on one of them where I had my shirt on. I was like, okay, brother. You, I, like I needed an excuse. And so, yeah, I, I did play one shirtless. Yeah. I think in the, it was of a remix of skill specs on stream. So he's in the video. I, <laughs> you, I don't even know how you, I found it. Speaking of skill specs, did you see the one where it's like the uh, feel good? Did it, it uh, that one song by Gorillaz? And it, he does this cringe laugh. It's like the laugh at the beginning of a song. It's like, ha, 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 ha. And it's literally <laughs> no. skill specs dying. And he's literally imitating that exact laugh. No, but it's, I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> And I <laughs> can imagine feel it. good song. I was That's literally good. in tears, dude, because I was not expecting it. I was like, okay, that laugh is kind of weird. And then it went into the song. I was like, okay, it all connected. It was fucking gold. While we're talking about him, I will say skill specs is someone that I've never had a negative experience with. In fact, dude, he's amazing. He's, he's so dude. He is so high energy and uh, funny and kind. Yeah. Uh, all the time. I know. I have, I have nothing. Maybe I need to hang out with him more, and then it'll be an asshole. But he's been nothing. No, but he wouldn't. Extremely he, positive. He's just a gem. He's just literally a gem. He's been in the OSRs community forever. He's always. He just tries to give the inner, the the people what they want, which is entertainment, fun, laughs, and he always <laughs> provides. And yep. then, and he, you've never seen him like legitimately be negative. Obviously, people have their bad days and just are, but like yeah, and he'll lean in and he'll lean into it for the bit. But I, yeah. I, I, I have a but lot of respect all, for it's Jay. It's all for the fun, you know. It's all for yep. other people. It seems like he really does give a show, and he's really kind-hearted, man. He's just a fucking legend. I love that guy. I, I, I had to miss the latest skill specs Rust server, dude. I, I wish it came at a different point in my life, and I could have been there, mm -hmm. but because. I love Rust. I love Jay. He put on an from what I saw an incredible event. There was I was so looking forward to diving back in. I had just been playing a whole bunch of Rust with V the Victim, so I was actually getting like pretty practiced at it. There, uh, it but didn't happen. Um, I'll get in the next one. But man, um, yeah, I wish I could have been a part of that server. It looked like it was a blast. Yeah, it did look fun. I've never and played I, Rust, I, so I, I've always, I always get scared when people ask to, for me to join. Well, I... <laughs> well, you can screw around in the game and just curb your expectations and be, and then like, you know, play it for the social interactions. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff. It still have a really good time in the game. It de well, that depends. Some there's a lot of competitive servers in which you will not have a fun time. Period. <laughs> you will die over and over, and people will just flame you in either Russian or. Cantonese or whatever language <laughs> they made up with their shit friends. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Oh but so, but just, you know, don't go on the competitive servers on wipe day. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, okay. Uberu asks name origin story. Where did nine rain come from? Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple different pieces to it. My, it, my last name. So, I was in drumline in high school. It was we took it very seriously and were very competitive, um, and so we, because it was extremely like disciplined and strict. We we borrowed a lot of things from the military. So one of those is we called everybody by their last name. Um, so uh, 
my last name sounds a lot like Rain Man. So that Rain Man was my nickname in high school, um, at least on Drumline. And so I kind of wanted to do something with that, uh, but it's not very brandable like that. And I think there was already a big streamer named Rain Man at mm. the time who was doing, maybe he was doing PUBG or I don't remember, but it was already like, uh, there was already a guy on Twitch doing that. Um, and then I, then like, I, I thought I kind of wanted some numbers in it because as an homage to the old like gamer tags or old RuneScape names where you know, there were numbers thrown in there. So I kind of wanted it to sound like a gamer tag. Um, and then the nine was an homage actually to day nine. I don't know if you know who that is. No. Okay. He's, uh, was a br Starcraft brood war pro, pro uh, turned caster and streamer. He did a show called, uh, the day nine daily, which was a Starcraft strategy, like, uh, Twitch or stream on Justin TV before Twitch was even a, you know, mm -hmm. a thing. Uh, and it was day nine is one of the reasons that we have live streaming. He's one of the main guys that got the whole thing started, really drove the industry of live streaming and YouTube broadcasting. I think esports has a lot to owe to this guy. So anyways, I, I love his content. He's one of the most positive people I've ever seen. So the nine was kind of an homage to him as well. And then when, when I thought of the name Nine Rain, it just kind of sounded cool. And I, I don't know. I, I said it a couple times and I was like, I like that. That'll work. And then I, I like the juxtaposed nine and R. They have close to symmetry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so that's where it comes from. It's, you know, there's not like a deep meaning to it. It was kind of a lot of disparate pieces kind of brought together. Um, but I like it. I like it. I had a different name, which I won't share <laughs> on my other channel. You can go find <laughs> it if you, I mean, I don't care if people know, but actually I think it's funnier to not tell them and then yeah. you can go do your research. <laughs> um, I like, you my, know what? Uh, Sorry, you were talking about like the nine and the R, like being uh -huh. that, dude, you could make a really nice like logo with that. I like. have tried, but I'm not an artist. And then, so yes, I actually, dude, merch and having a logo and branding is something that I have put off for about four years now. <laughs> So you're right. I could have a dope ass logo um, and I should. So you know what? If anyone listening wants to just send me some mock-ups <laughs> and they're good, I'll pay you. But I'm also not going to be the guy that like, hey, do this work for free. And I'm, so yeah. maybe don't do that. That's maybe that's a <laughs> shitty thing to say to artists. <laughs> so, so never mind. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. I, well, I, first of all, I love the name Nine Rain. It, it really is just nice. And especially because now there's like a whole meme, like Nine Rain the type of guy. So now it really just rolls off the tongue nicely. Cause yep, it's just, yep. I just want to make up a new Nine Rain the type of guy. Um, <laughs> also, Uber, I'm going to skip. Well, you know what? We'll just cover it. Okay. Is there still plans to drop the RuneScape related calendar? I'm, I, whenever I hear a calendar, Bro, yes, I get yes, nervous. Yes, 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 yes. Is that like, is that Ab like some, absolutely like some OnlyFans calendar? What, what are we talking about? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I mean, it might be a little sexy and a little. <laughs> it's got to be a little I, sexy. But yes, d yes, dude. Uberu, if first of all, brother, better make it this far on the cast. So whatever. Oh, he he Uberu, will. He will. Uberu, message me when you get to this point, and we'll start talking to the members of based and we'll make this happen or something um 
It's not. Yes, I, I will make that happen. Okay. I think it's a fantastic idea and is super fun. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, any advice for new creators starting out YouTube? Yes, tons. Okay. I'll try to be brief because let's, I could probably let's, talk let's about do that three. For an hour. Yeah, let's let's do three good advice points. Three. You better like it. Don't force it. If you're not enjoying content creation, move on because it is extremely time consuming. And a lot of it will be you working by yourself, completely self-motivated. So if you're not really enjoying it, do something else. Um, that could probably be said for most things in life. But again, I'll, it is a lot of time. Um, it's not the hardest job in the world. I'm not saying that. There's a lot of harder things you can do. But the amount of time and effort that you will need to put in, it's, a, it's very draining. Um, the second thing I'll say is make the kind of content that you want to be making three years from now, now, because you will be setting up an audience's expectation. And granted, you kind of have to find your way. You got to make, but, and, and start badly and fumble through it. That's key. Um, you got to make mistakes and don't be a so perfectionist. I'll guess, I guess that'll be two and three. Two is, uh, don't like, is try to figure out, hmm, I'll put it this way. Don't be at the mercy of the audience or of views or of what you think other people want from you. Just do not ask the question, hey, are they going to like this video? Or what kind of video do I think my viewers want? That's a stupid question. I hate it when any kind of creative um, producer uh, asks that question. When Jagex starts asking, hey, what kind of content do, you, do we think the players will like? I hate that. Because they have no fucking idea. And even if they did, <laughs> they wouldn't know how to do it. We, they need to be asking... They need to be in a position where they can say, I love this game. What kind of content do I want to see in the game? I want those people developing for RuneScape. I want more mod Kirins who just wake up and giggle at the thought of RuneScape. And I want them to go make what they think would be exciting in the game. Shout I hate out. it when they I hate it when they ask the community what the community wants. I'm not saying Damn, the conversation that is based shit, man. I, I'm is. not saying the conversation is bad and I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't pull stuff and be in touch with the community, but when it comes to dreaming up the next product project they have to be passionate about it and they have to be able to sit in their office and dream up their own thing or it's not going to be any good. Uh, Bruh, and so that when, is, that is so yeah. true. <laughs> that and is so, when so you're, true. Holy yeah, shit. So when you're being a creative person online, whether it's a YouTube channel or whatever, stop asking, Hey, is this what people want from me? And just do what you're passionate about. You, you will have to reconcile that at some point with, Hey, is it working? Is this providing enough value to other people that I'm getting views? Like if you're trying to make a living out of this thing, obviously that's something you have to um, work with. But, but the starting point should always be something that you're passionate about and you think is really cool. When I'm making a YouTube video, I always need to, be, I always need to start with, what's a video that I am excited to make and that I would watch? So that'll be... Number two is don't ask the wrong question. Don't ask what your audience wants from you. 
Uh, and the number three is don't be afraid to do it badly. Fumble your way through it and just start making videos. Hell, if you have to make 10 and don't upload any of them, I don't care. That's way better than not making the first video. So first, first piece of advice to recap, do only do it if you really like it. Second piece of advice, ask the right questions. Make sure that you're chasing your creative impetus versus the dreams of somebody else. And then the third thing is, uh, whatever the fuck I just said, and I, I can't remember. <laughs> just create. Just start creating. Yeah. Yes. Start now and do it badly. Yep. yep. Seriously. You, it will be bad. That's the thing. Like, it will be bad. You just have to accept and, that. Every, and go, if you can't tell it's bad, if you think it's good, perfect. Keep going. You'll look, <laughs> you'll look back a year later and think it's bad. But if you think it's good now, that perfect. is such a blessing. Yeah. Power to you. If you if you make one video and you think holy shit I just knocked it out of the park you're in a very good yeah, very envious position yeah. I was <laughs> actually real. that way with one kick Rick I put out every <laughs> one of those videos I'm like dude I'm the best fucking YouTube content creator I've, I've ever seen <laughs> I I now know what a blessing that was <laughs> to yeah. be in such naive yeah um, yeah bliss. no it helps it helps for sure but it it's not necessary you can just understand even a week later, like, oh, God, I already want to delete this, but just keep it. Just keep it. I, you know, look, looking back at my old rambles, I, I I can't even look at them because they're just so incredibly cringe. My Even my early Sebae casts, even, like, current Sebae casts, like, I know I'm going to improve because I just look back two years ago on a cast. I'm like, I can't listen to this. I can't. I can't listen to this episode either, probably. But, like, that's just my own problem. But yeah, I've seen the steady growth, and that's all just putting in the time, consistency, just doing it. Just create, create, create. You'll start you know, molding yourself into who, what, like the content creator you want to be. So, yeah. Um, Idol asks, what non RuneScape creators do you enjoy draw inspiration from? So I'll ask for three and I'll, I'm actually going to ask the opposite question as well, or not the opposite, but just the other question, which is three OSRS creators. Okay, cool. I'll start with the non OSRS. Um, Wellen, he's a rust video maker. There's a couple Rust guys I could name, but I'll just start with Wellen because he was kind of my first foot in the door. Um, I love his storytelling. He does the same kind of video every single time. Very similar writing style every single video, and he knocks it out of the park. He's been doing that for years. Um, Slimesicle. My Grardor series was the product of watching a video by him called, I think something along the lines of, we created the most difficult uh, mod pack in Minecraft or something like that. It, uh, it's probably two years old at this point, the videos. And that inspired me to do the dive into the Grotto series and make those three videos. A lot of other things inspired that mini series, but specifically that video by Slimesicle. And all of his stuff is so good. The edits are tight. He wastes no time in his videos. It's stacked with jokes and punchlines and a story arc. And then when the video's done, he just ends it. And it's very clean. Um, and then the third is General Sam. Uh, he... Bullshit. He's done a lot over the years. Um... Started out doing a bunch of Skyrim stuff that got big and then did 
a bunch of Tarkov and uh, he does a lot of the uh, I, I, whatever he, I, he's done so many games go look him up on YouTube we actually had Jimmy and I had him on Bank Standing it's our m- most viewed Bank Standing podcast he's hilarious um, th- the way he is funny is so um, I guess unique that you don't realize he's being funny he's not like that overt in what he's doing it just works really really well he transitions between either like kind of narrative storytelling or jokes or clips so seamlessly it never feels forced that's really hard to do um so those are the three that i'd mentioned for non runescape content for runescape content creators uh let's see Jimmy, obviously. Uh, I was a huge Jimmy fan before I met the guy, before we became friends. Um, when he had like 8,000 subs or less and was just doing according to Jim. Uh, Jimmy is just really, really funny. And his mm, his writing and his narrative style is so tight. Yeah, the dude, The dude can seriously... He might be one of the um, best editors as far as pacing and what to cut and what to leave in a video. Um, When he's not phoning it in, when he really dives into a video and tries his best, it's good. It's so good. And then obviously his music's really good too. I always leave Um, impressed when I watch those videos. And I always stay for the whole thing too. Yep. Um... Let's see. So Jimmy, let's Rendy. I really, I really admire Rendy's uh, creative ingenuity for the game and for videos, and his ability to try and like he really does extremely interesting things in game, but then also does like all this crazy shit out of game. The dude's a genius. I think he's probably close to an actual genius. Um, and uh and he is the exact example of he creates what he wants to create he doesn't ask yes and i really like that about him he he just he's just like dude no one is doing this i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this yeah did anyone ask for this no here's this and uh yeah i think rendy knocks it out of the park um and his style is so different it like his videos are long and they are packed full of information uh yeah they're just really interesting yeah. um and then number three god who would i pick for number three hmm idol actually not trying he's, to make him feel good because it's, it's his question not trying to make his, <laughs> i make fun of him all the time and i and i hope he knows that i'm just messing around and I actually feel like I have a right to make fun of him because he's so good, uh, which is why I don't feel like I'm punching down at all. Idol is so funny. And he's good. He's creative. He also really knows how to make a good YouTube video. Yep. Like, he, he knows how to get interesting ideas for the platform. Um, and I think Idol could go do any content and be really successful. I, I, have, a, I have a prediction for Idol. I think yeah. in two years... 
So I'm talking June 2025. This man will be well surpassed 100,000 subs. I'm even going to guess maybe close to 200,000. This is somebody's going to watch back on this video and I'm going to be totally right. Um he's going to be around probably uh, I don't know 180k subs, just balling out, create just doing the same thing, you know, creating amazing content and I think yeah, his days of being, you know, underrated will have been over by that point and he'll be growing. I think he'll be one of the I think he'll be top 10 OSRS YouTubers within like three or four years i i think actually idol if you're listening to this if you cut about 30 percent of your bullshit from some of your videos <laughs> and, and get to the point a little faster and a little harder and cut some of the chaff holy shit they're so good they're so good man take and, it or leave it yeah yeah no i think and he is a quick learner, too. I think he'll pick up things. And I think just the more you grow on YouTube, I'm not at that point where you really start getting that huge, you know, just incline of just, oh, crap, I'm growing. You start really, I think, like at least the creators I've talked to, you really start dialing in on what works and what doesn't. So yeah, I think there's time yeah. for that. Um, um, his, yeah, that was three and three. Yeah, thank you. Uh, his His third... Question, I'm going to cover a second one, but his third was literally which YouTuber with slightly under 21,000 subscribers who makes videos about plugins and other things is your favorite? Ah, shut up, Will. It's not <laughs> It's not cool or funny when you're actually good. That's, <laughs> grow up. All right. His second is, will Bank Standin ever return? What is Bank Standin? I actually am under an NDA. I can't say anything about that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not will, joking. Will it be coming back? I, think that, I, I cannot say. That's sounding like it might. You've be just back. asked the question again. No, but the simple fact that there's an NDA. I'm. I'm now. Oh, okay. I think it's coming back, gentlemen. Um. Yeah, bank stand and uh, dude. I had no idea. You know, because this was back. But I wasn't really listening to any sort of OSR's podcast besides like, you know, the old Hexus podcast. Those are the only ones I really knew of. Um. But yeah, bank stand and was it's kind of a gem and it's like a lost gem it, it feels like it should definitely have a comeback all right yeah i mean i we had a blast making them uh it was really successful and uh jimmy i love you if you're listening to this man he's not yeah that's all i'll say about it <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening to this. i'm gonna send it to him <laughs> all right um okay just a few little shout outs we're gonna probably be wrapping things up but um Greg says, this has to be Cap. No way he finally made it. It has been a minute since. It, it, this is what I, I, it almost feels like an obligation to tell my guests that I get on now. Like, I'm sorry for the long wait. <laughs> like, it just always feels that way. Nah, we never interacted ever before we, sh I, we ran into each other in the airport. Yeah, no, but that, I mean, that's true. It feels like, you know, I already knew of you because i did listen to some bank stand in episodes and i also watched based after dark with you on it so i was like okay this is clearly a guy by the way i gotta say you're a great host you've been a fantastic guest so far this has been amazing hey, this is yeah man i'm having a great time it's been great and and you kill it with the uh oh let me ask you actually how is the base how is being a regular on base after dark now do you it's like great, that dude yeah i i like everybody on the um like on the cast it's just fun yeah, it always just looks like a blast. The, like, the scheduling, the scheduling 
There's a bunch of degenerates, bro. I was telling you about my perfect day. I'm getting up at <laughs> yeah, like 6 30. That's the that. one thing that I'm like, oh man, dude, it's one day a week. I'm like dying, but we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. But luckily, like you said, you can with your, you know, working at home and stuff, you can make things work. But yeah, having that perfect schedule is not gonna be able to be a thing with being yep, after dark. Yep. Um yeah, that's really cool. I think uh, I think you're a great fit for there too. It just seems natural. So, uh, all right, let's see. Max Weaver asks, "What direction? Hey, Max. What direction would you like to see the game go in the next few years?" This is like literally the first OSRS topic we've covered. It's been two yeah, dude. Hours. Um, I've been saying this for years. Yeah. Um, I think this won't happen. By the way. I don't think there's any precedent <laughs> okay. of game companies doing anything like this because when game companies become successful, investors get involved and then all they want to do is make safe decisions and try to make money off of as little effort as possible. They take no risks. So this is not going to happen, by the way. And I'm not saying that to be like dramatic about it, but it's just not going to happen. But what I would like to see, slow down development on old school RuneScape. Stop development completely on RS3. Nobody gives a shit about that game. <laughs> not Holy even the people shit. who play. No, I'm I'm not joking, bro. Like, move on. Uh, they need to make. They need to get a lot of the strongest devs who are doing a lot of the design and the artwork, um, the level design. And if you go run around the new areas in RS3, the level design is so cool. The engine is so much more useful in a lot of ways than the one that old school runs off of um but it's obvious that the core game mechanics of old school runescape are so much better they need to take some of those artists and devs that are working on rs3 and then some of the guys that understand the core concepts and the heart of old school runescape and they need to make a runescape for that is the marriage of the two in the best way possible so they can actually make like go go walk around anachronia in the in runescape 3 it's actually really good looking a lot of the new models for uh monsters or uh like armor or and items in in runescape 3 look really cool uh, a lot of the concept art for runescape old school runescape stuff like stuff that um Oh my goodness. What was her name? She's a friend of mine. I can't remember. I can't. She did a. Oh shit. She was an artist, a 3D artist. Start mod something. Soften. Yep. Oh my God. Her concept art is so sick. Uh, G also had tons of stuff that was so good looking. And then it gets cut to pieces to fit into this game. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I love the old school aesthetic. I especially love the older like dark dungeon crawly looking stuff. I think they need to take a RuneScape 4, they get those, like consolidate those teams, actually start something new and take that risk. But it could be awesome. Uh, and then you get, you bring back the feel of old school RuneScape, which is dark medieval point and click fantasy adventure where there's skeletons and dungeons and monsters. A lot of the newer content looks fluffy and like high fantasy and to me that's just never felt as good as the like really dark medieval fantasy bro of 
I fucking love your just absolute out of the box thinking. I, I nobody would like that was the last thing I was thinking is like a RuneScape for. Like I just fucking love that you're just saying it how it is, dude. An RS4 that's literally like the love between both games that that really carries. And of course it wouldn't be for everybody. A lot of people love old school and the purists out there, but really a marriage between the two cuz there are so many wonderful ideas that I hear that RS3 has, but I just don't want to go over to that game. Dude, and if the if the core game mechanics were old school RuneScape, point and click, like and interacting with your inventory and the game screen in the same way. And I know people are going to be like, we got to bring it to a more modern game. Don't. Don't. There's modern right. games. Go play those. But the but bringing F keys into the inventory, maybe allowing things like you're allowed to, like you can rebind hotkeys to a keyboard, you know, a couple modernizations to where you're not actually using the F, but, but you're still interacting with the game screen in the same way. And it's primarily clicks and right clicks. And, and it runs off of a 0.6 second Tick yep, cycle. That's important. Pe- very important. Accidentally important, but very important. Mm-hmm. I think you could create a game that was awesome. And they need, I love, I love that you're obsessed like me with the medieval yeah, aspect like, of this game. Like, like to, when I, that's what when we I, grew up with, you know? Like, that's the, that's what makes RuneScape RuneScape the skeletons and the dungeons and the. Yeah, well, and it's really gripping. I, I don't. When I think of RuneScape, I think of Varric Sewers. Yes! <laughs> That's literally what I was thinking of. Shooting skeletons across that <laughs> like, little stream. Yes, bro. And, and like, I, I don't know. I don't mind the way the Ranging Guild looks, but like fucking... Or, or not the Ranging Guild, the Woodcutting Guild, because that's where I am right now. But like, what the fuck is it? What am I looking at? These <laughs> fucking know. trees, dude. I know. I don't know, it's man. It's so like, bad. That, the wood, by the way, do you remember what old redwoods look like? I was showing this on my stream. Do you remember no. the abomination, what those look like? I, I, I'd never. Bro, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to show you right now. They weren't a thing when I quit. And I'm going so, to show, show you right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because they came out in like 2016, I think. Yeah, so whatever Dude, uh, form I'm, they were introduced in, I look, like, I, I'm, I'm never gonna, got. I'm, I'm going to show you this. Okay. Um, I'm just going to link you the site and you got to scroll down a little bit. Okay. Um. I'm going to show this on my end. Uh, scroll down to red. It's number oh, one. Red oh, oh. Bro, this is what they fucking looked like. They were, and, and, and it didn't get any better. That is all they look like. It's not like you could just get off the ladder and they would show the full tree. No, that was exactly what they look like all time. There's a little ladder with a two tile little. Huh. They literally took three seconds into making this fucking guild. Let's put eight magic trees right here. Let's put some random, perfectly symmetrical pathing here. Two tra- like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, there's no heart. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> this is horrible. This is yeah. horrible. Yeah. Deplorable, actually. This is this is where dreams go to die. <laughs> Dreams were created in Varric sewers, and this is where they go to die. It is an abomination, dude. They really fucked up. I will say the redwood trees look pretty beautiful now, but 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 that's beside the point. They look like giant penises, but yeah. Well, okay, what tree doesn't if you really squint? (laughs) If you really want it to look like a penis, you'll make it look like a penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my pitch for the direction. I think that's beautiful. I think that. I don't, and I don't think there's a future for RuneScape five years from now. 
I, I, I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see because um, you're right. There. What? Let me just ask you briefly. What are your thoughts on sailing and ruinous powers? The new prayer book coming out. Does that excite you or does that scare you? Oh, I could go, and I have. I could go off about prayers. The, I think that's stupid. What? <laughs> no, who likes? the mechanic of prayers in this game. Like who actually thinks it's fun to click around seven times in a super laggy interface off to the side of your screen before clicking back in your normal game window. That's not fun. <laughs> I kind of like it. Good, I'll be honest. It's, I, <laughs> I think guess. it's just a nostalgia, but Bro, yeah, like anyway, I, I enjoy it the way that it is enough I don't want more. I don't want to be prayer book swapping. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be managing another fucking like switch in my player owned house. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. dude, uh, dude, I don't think that, you, that is. Have you just seen what it looks like? It doesn't even look old school. It just looks like, and I know that's a purely nostalgia based. Like we're so used to. No, it's to not. That's not. No, I, I think that's. It might be. I a think that's bit. a fair criticism to say it's not. Uh, Old school RuneScapey. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to put a lightsaber in Diablo 2 and then be like, well, fucking suck it up. It's the future. No, <laughs> you're not. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. look right. You're right. You're right. And so if they're putting shit in the game that, I, that I'm looking at, I'm thinking, what the hell is this? This is not a dark medieval fantasy point-and-click adventure game icon. This is a fucking Sonic Adventure 2 battle, battle La La Land, <laughs> like Nintendo Switch icon. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a oh, totally. I call it totally fair criticism. I just call it fucking Toontown, bro. It's a totally fair criticism, and I'm not even one of the like. I, I've definitely been a fan of all the update. Like, I love that they're coming out with new quests. I love that they're coming out with new raids. I love that they're coming out with new content. Not the kind of player to say, "Well, we should have just stopped at the old school and stayed." At no one would be playing the game. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. I want a RuneScape four. I'm not against new. But new doesn't mean like let's really fucking change it. Look at the next. <laughs> look at Gen Twelve Pokemon. They look like dog shit, <laughs> bro. You know what doesn't look like dog shit? There's a mod, um, for Pokemon. Uh shit. I watched a YouTuber named Point Crow. So go to the go to his YouTube channel and look up this video where he played a mod about po where you can fuse any two Pokemon, and you get another Pokemon. And the crazy thing about it is all the fusions look way better and more Pokemon-like than the last four generations of Pokemon. Damn. Way better. Like, even these weird abominations of, like, a Ponyta meets a coughing. It comes out <laughs> looking like this cool kind of thing that looks like a Pokemon. And what do I mean by looks like a Pokemon? I don't fucking know. But I can look at it and I can say yes or no. Yep. And when I look <laughs> yeah. at the new gen of Pokemon, it does not look like that, and I hate it. And uh, yep. so I don't care if you think there needs to be ruinous prayers in the game. It does not look right. It looks stupid. It doesn't. You're it's right. Gen 12 Pokemon stupid. <laughs> you know what? You've had some very base takes today. I, I appreciate it. I love it. Um, yeah, it's... And sailing, if it's yeah. anything, I, I hope the devs have the heart that Bodhi does, and I hope they go watch his ramble on it. I think his pitch was really cool. It seems impossibly difficult to pull off, though. It will be. It'll be a mess. I think it'll be a mess. I think um, over the, 
if they give it enough care and they give it enough time, I think it will be something that's really enjoyable in the game. Um, but I think this is, I don't want to be a pessimist, but I really think the release is going to be pretty messy. I'm very pessimistic about, I have very low expectations for the release of sailing. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because it is something that it will completely change the game. I mean, nobody's going to have a max cape. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know if they've talked about this, but they need to not tell the players anything about it. You're right. Can we please get some mystery back in the game? That's so important. Like, we we need to be able to hop in as a player and discover something. I don't want spreadsheets. I don't want drop tables. I don't want fucking everybody bitching about the update before it even releases. You're right. Just That's just important. just release the thing and don't say a word about it. When they released construction, like the day before, they were like, "Hey, something big's coming tomorrow," and then everyone logged in and there was a new skill, and it was construction that completely changed the game. So, uh, you know, am I saying they need to do that? No, but somewhere in between. It, somewhere it, in between. It would be building trust first, which they were get, they they were building the trust. I think the trust has been kind of plateaued. I don't think it's necessarily dropping, but it's plateaued. They were they I was gaining trust in Jagex to the point where I would have actually trusted them with a completely blind pretty big update. Um I still get nervous about it because it seems like if you put something into the game it never gets taken out if it was a mistake. That's the scary yeah, part. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Yeah, you're right. They're so, pretty loath to be like, whoopsies. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like if they were, like you said, if they were to just really, if we had passionate devs that were like, they understand the game and we trust them. Like, dude, fucking send something that's amazing and just don't even say anything about it. Yeah. But it yep. would have to be that trust and knowing that that dev or devs are passionate about it and understand old school, which you like, know, would be like, rare. If there's one thing that made old school RuneScape and Super Smash Bros. Melee and Diablo 2 and StarCraft Brood War and all these other amazing games great, it's the fact that the devs sat around and before they did anything, they asked a whole bunch of random people what kind of game they should make. That's what really made it great. Is they totally outsourced all of their... If you can't tell, I'm being very sarcastic here. I, I really think that they just need to try and make something that they really care about and really like. You're right. You're right. That is very important. Um, Nine Rain, I have had an absolute pleasure talking to you today. It's been... This has been great, man. Yeah, this has been amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on again. Um, I accept. You know? All right, guys, down in the description, be sure to follow Nine Rain on his Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Anything else, King? Uh, I don't really do anything else, bro. <laughs> That's okay. it. Those three down there, guys. Go get, go drop them a follow for me on all three. Um, and also, if you guys are enjoying the podcast and you want to support it, down in the description, there's also a Patreon link. Feel free. You'll get your name on the title screen. And Nine Rain, any last words? This was uh, amazing. Nah, man. No last words. I think we've said enough. Thank you for having me. I had a great time, man. Thank you for watching. Next week... We will be getting two J mods on the cast, and I'm not going to spoil it. Quite. I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll spoil it. it. It's not fully set in stone, but we are going to be getting Mod Aiza and Mod Sween on the cast together, which I'm very, very excited for. It's been a minute since we've had J mods on. Damn, so. bro. That's sick. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. All right. Uh, nine podcast rain. I'll actually listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Nine Rain, thank you very much once again. And guys, we'll catch yeah. you in the next one. Peace. Peace.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.